we're here on a very special weekend. Nate, do you know what weekend it is? Um, why? It's uh, three weeks away from April Fool's Day. I swear <laughs> to fucking God, Nate. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> so, Yehuda obviously knows what special weekend it is. Yeah. Let me tell you, this okay. is the weekend that Lizzo hosts and sings for SNL. That's yep. right. Lizzo's I'm, doing both this weekend. This weekend only. We got Lizzo. You ready to get that juice? Oh God, I love, I love it so much. You gonna I mean, feel good as hell? I mean, I like lizards. Lizzo is not a lizard. <laughs> well, then why is she called like that? Oh my God, it's Passover, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and, like, and for the record, I do enjoy Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. They can't tell you their names. They can't tell you where they live, but in the mid to late 90s, these five teenagers can turn into animals to fight an invading army of evil brain slugs. Five dumb teens are the only thing standing in the way of complete annihilation. This is Anamorphic Time with Nate and Tyler. Get your hand off my girlfriend, you yerk-brained bastard! <laughs> this is for daddy. Uh, make it like half the bottle. Catherine Alice Applegate wouldn't want this. She doesn't want this. <laughs> And like they're they're like no stop shooting at children. Oh man, being twelve was weird. You know she's not. Yeah, Passover is when we don't have good bread. It's flat bread only. Hold on, wait. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. You know, like yeasty bread, overrated. Give me my bread flat and rolled up. Look, I honestly don't. Yeah, and a ball, Nate. Yeah, no, I want like a bread burrito. It's <laughs> like how? No, matzo. No, matzo's is is usually uh, baked flat. It's. It, I mean, like it comes out like a cracker. But the, the 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 way that you make matzo, I mean, I have no idea if this is going to make it in the episode. But like, you have to cook it very quickly, like in fewer than like as soon as the 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 dough is, or the, I should say, the flour is wet. You have uh, now. You're going to have like different standards going across, like a few different standards. Usually it's like you have to have that cooked. The penis size minutes. of the matzo, right? You go by the penis size of the matzo. Exactly. <laughs> and you have to have that cooked. You have to have that cooked in in 12 minutes because if you don't, the, the, the flour, even without yeast, will begin to ferment and expand. And if it expands, then it's, it's considered leaven. You have to throw it out. So even like saltine crackers, like for example, are inedible because... They're not kosher for Passover. So that's one of the funny things a lot of people don't know is like there's a separate category. There's like kosher and then there's kosher for Passover. And it's like if it contains wheat that has that hasn't been. uh, And I mean, like there are lots of other things like like wheat, barley, rye. Basically, if it's a seed or a legume, if you're not Ashkenazi Jew, you cannot you cannot consume it during Passover. Passover facts. (laughs) But like, you you know what, though, Hmm. I, I I will say this. This is a clever diversion. Oh my god! From our book. Oh my god! Oh, he said the title. He said the title, guys. He said it. He said I title. did. I said it. Welcome to Anamorphic Time with <laughs> Nate and Tyler. That's Nate. I'm Tyler. Welcome, Passover friends. Nate. We call them P friends. P- no, we call them. There are letmas. Sorry, it's been in my head since you said it. Do you want me to tell you the joke? Yes, Yehuda. Have you heard this joke? Which We're, joke? Nate and I will do our Passover routine for you. Okay, okay great. Uh, okay, Tyler, sure. you be Ramses. Okay, I will be Moses. Okay, okay. Uh, um, Ramses, uh-huh. uh, have you heard of Letma? Who's Ramses? Letma people go. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you are 
feel like it's really something that works visually more than uh yeah we're just smiling at each other <laughs> we're just having a good time uh I yeah it. i like that yeah so joining us on Animorphin Time today to talk about book number 49, The Diversion, we have literature PhD student, English teacher, uh, all-time Animorphs fan, Yehuda. Welcome to Animorphin Time. Oh, thank you. Uh, welcome to Animorphin Time yourself. Well, thank you. We never get welcomed We back. never get welcomed. <laughs> yeah, it's always welcome to your own show. <laughs> it's always hostile. We yeah. always sit down and we just feel afraid. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid at baseline, just in general, because crime's going up, you know? That's why we need more police. Oh, is, any, yeah. is anyone going to stop me? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, we absolutely need more police. We need, we need police. I think... Um, I think I would make a good police. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see your dick size. You're going right. to jail. <laughs> Sex jail. Oh, <laughs> Sex okay. Here's a good conundrum. Tyler. What? Would you be a good cop? <sighs> there are no good cops. But Boom. Like, roasted. Yeah. Okay. But you're the cop. Like, am I a RoboCop? Um, you can be whatever cop you want. If I were a RoboCop, I think I would be one of the good ones. Because RoboCop, as we know... Did not cross the picket line, and he killed CEOs. So I think if I were RoboCop, I'd be a good cop. Okay. I would mm. be a time cop. In the year 2004, time travel is a reality. Oh, shit, a time cop. I, that's right. You know, because, like, time cop also does, you know, like, he, he blows up, like, businessmen, right? Uh-huh. It has been so fucking long since I've seen time cop. What, um, kind, of, what kind of cop would you be, Yehuda? What kind of cop would I be? I'd be, oh God, God, I mean, I'm going to be entirely honest. The moment you asked me what kind of cop would I be, I just saw myself sitting in a donut shop doing nothing, just eating donuts. Like, that's all I would do. <laughs> that I mean, sounds great. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I'd, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that, okay, if you're going to be a, a, a cop, if you're going to be a cop, I'm trying to think of this, I'm trying to think of this realistically now. I think the best you, you'd be able to do is to police the area that you yourself actually live in so like if i'm a if i'm a if i'm uh yeah well i am a if i were a cop i would be policing uh the neighborhood that i live in i think that's that, that actually makes more sense than to have like basically a bunch of outer out of towner cops come in and and not who don't live live in the area just coming over well, i you, think that you, yeah that's I, what I, moderate that's what modern police does now is they live in suburbs and then extract the wealth of the cities and take the money that the city pays them back to their suburbs and they don't police mm. the area they live in. It's bad. Sounds like it's yeah. a diversion to me. Oh my God. Yeah. Hold on. Before we get to the book, I have to ask this. Yehuda, <laughs> yes. what is your history with Animorphs? What's my history with Animorphs? Um, yeah. The, you're, I, you're one of these Animorphs freaks like the rest of us. We've all yeah. got our history with Animorphs. So what is yours? Oh my god. Okay, so I first started reading Animorphs. My first Animorphs book, I didn't, I obviously didn't, I mean, because I shouldn't say obviously, but I didn't start at the beginning of the series like most people. I actually started with uh, the Tobias book, the, one, the book where Tobias gets his, uh, his powers back mm. when he gets his morphing powers back. And he, he becomes, uh, he acquires himself as, uh, as a young kid on the night before Yes, the, book 13. Uh, yeah, book 13. That's the one that, that, that I started with. And I remember I the numbers. Yeah, I became so enamored. Yes, and I should remember that, it, that it's 13. That stands out very clearly to me. Book 13. And I became so enamored 
of Tobias, both as like a person, as in like, oh, this is somebody that now keep in mind that like I'm I'm a kid too when I'm thinking this. So I was like, okay, this is somebody that I'm interested in sexually. <laughs> he's <laughs> oh boy. he's my age. He's my he's my teen. He was he's my teen crush when uh and um Oh god, I just I loved everything about his character. I liked the way he thought. I liked the way he processed his his emotions. And the other thing that really caught me was right off the bat, his relationship with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, those were two things that really got me. And he's just I, so brooding. He's so brood, he's so brooding. Uh, well, he he is, but he's also very. Um, it was a bird joke. He, he was so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a bird joke. He's he's preening as well. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, it's very clever. That, that bird joke flew over my head. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So, uh, so he, Nate's shaking so he, his head. You can't see it, but he's smiling and shaking his head. He loves it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! No, that's a we. Well, if you're a pun guy, and I've listened to enough of these episodes to know that you all are, <laughs> that um, that yeah, this is this is this is right up my. my We're alley. in for some punishment, you could say. Punch. Nate's just staring oh, at his well, iPad. <laughs> punishment is not a pun. Punishment pun. It's got the pun. The word pun in it. It's wordplay. That's wordplay. Okay, I get it. You're smarter than me. (laughs) A pun is wordplay, though. It's a species. Ah, damn it, (laughs) literature professor. (laughs) God damn it. Nate's finally met his match. It's Yehuda. This you can trick me with your devilry. You don't understand. You can't trick Yehuda. Yehuda, I have an English degree, so. Normally, I'm able to lord that over people. Like, listen, you don't understand. I have an English degree. I know more. But there, there's a hierarchy now, and I'm not used to that. <laughs> What's your, what is your, if you don't mind my asking, what is your English degree in? Uh, so is it I in have, rhetoric? Is it literature? Is it, what, like, what are we talking? Uh, me, me, media. It's me, media degree. <laughs> I've English never media? seen him this embarrassed. I've never seen him this embarrassed. This no, rules. I, the, like, this rules. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's a media. It's a, it's a uh, um, what it? What is the actual degree? I never actually look at my degree anymore. Well, now that I got a, it, I just you, put it away. Well, uh, let's start. But let's start. A, did, you get a, did you get a bachelor's or a master's? I got a bachelor's, not a master's. A bachelor's? Yeah. So you can, you can uh, what, what did you focus in? Because like for my bachelor's, I focused obviously in literature and I got my BA in English literature. You can do that. It'll just say English, but it's, it's really English literature. Oh. Yeah. So, so yeah. To be like very specific, I I got mm-hmm. like a, a just an English degree. Like, and I don't think it has like any like distinctive thing on it. But like, oh, you know, I made made sure to go and out of my way and get a film degree uh, as well because oh, I could just get good. both. You know, and like you know the the credits matched up. So just get just get both. And so I got both. And uh, mm-hmm. now I'm uh, talking about children books. <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is like ch- children's literature is is absolutely fascinating it, re- it really is it's it's got its own uh it's got its own uh subgenre and its own area mm-hmm. of study and um so i'm obviously not doing children's literature i'm doing romanticism is, is my my field but uh children's literature a lot of it i mean it really depends like because it'll vary by age group of course but a lot of young adult literature tends toward uh, fantasy, sci-fi, and uh, both of those genres happen to include a lot of romanticism. So there's there's enough overlap there that um, uh, even after even after I um, uh, all these years later, there's still something that that pulls me back that I can look at and find different. So yeah, so we were talking. So 
So, right, so my history with Animorphs. So I started with book 13, and I liked, loved it so much that I went back and read uh, a lot of the, the older stuff. But I didn't do that until quite, a, uh, quite some time later, I don't think. What really, what really pulled things forward for me in terms of, of reading Animorphs was um, it was the, the summer between 6th and 7th grade that my mother took me on uh, a summer-long uh, road trip that was also a camping trip from Arizona. We started in Arizona. We went through, just she and I, all to all the national parks between us and Yellowstone, and then we went a little further up north into uh, a little bit of... Um, so we went through Monta Montana, and I think we went through a little bit of, of Wyoming. I think... I forget if it's Montana that's on top or Wyoming that's on top, but I think, but we went through, I think it's Montana. And then we went back down the other side and through that camping trip, uh, because there's a lot to, to do. You're just, uh, doing kind of nothing. You're listening to, to tapes and stuff like this. I happened to bring along my, not only my Animorphs book, but I asked her if I could get a few other books too. And one of the ones that had come out just around the time, I think it was just like, you know, fresh off the press or a few months or so, was the Hork Bajir Chronicles as a, as a whole solid book. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a good intro too. Like the Hork Bajir Chronicles, and, like if I wanted to like kick somebody off on Animorphs, I'd probably set them there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I had the, so the, Here's the interesting thing. It's like, so I had that, uh, that background of book 13. And, um, and so there was something in there that like, uh, at the end of book 13, where it talks about how Toby's different. And so reading the Hork Bajir Chronicles right after that, I was like, oh, this all lines up now. And uh, then I read uh, book 13 again. And, you know, I didn't spend obviously all three months reading the Hork Bajir Chronicles. But I, w I, I picked up, I think, Megamorphs uh, 3, I think it was. I think it's the... It's the um, <laughs> Megamorphs 3. <laughs> you went from that to The Megamorphs. time travel one. Yes, the time travel one. Because it had come out just around... Because like, I, I had no idea like, how, what the order for these books were. I just needed something to read <laughs> on a road trip. And I, I loved the Animorphs series. I knew that. And so I got um, Megamorphs 3, the time travel one. That, that's exactly what it was. I read through it, and I fucking loved it. So then I'm just like, any bookstop, uh, bookstore that we stopped at along the way, I was picking up just straight Animorphs books and reading them all. So you were, living, you were living Tobias's fantasy of a close relationship with your mother. <laughs> yes. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I was. I was living it long before I read Animorphs, because. Uh, okay, no, that just goes into some personal ha histories, kind of, kind of stuff. But yeah, basically, <laughs> my mom. My mom raised me as a single mother. That's basically. That's basically all you need to know, or basically all you need to say. That's all. That's fair enough. Hey, and, you don't have uh, to dump trauma. That's my deal. <laughs> well, it isn't even really a, a trauma kind of thing. It just goes into like uh, long history. But yeah, no, it's not. It's not trauma. But I had no so. Yeah, it's this, it's this, um, I was basically living, yeah, Tobias' fantasy. And, like, uh, talking about my, my, my dad, it's like, oh, do you have trauma about that? It's like, no, I just don't really care, which is really kind of sad, because, <laughs> so here's, I'll tell you, I can go off on, 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 on a brief tangent here, which I always thought was kind of funny. My, my dad, uh, at a certain point, um, we've always, we've always talked, but he's never really been in my life. 
And at one point when I want to say I was, oh, I want to say two or three years ago, maybe possibly four years ago, he came to the United States because he lives in Colombia. He came to the United States and he told me, you know, we had a long conversation. We had a visit. And during part of, part of the visit, he says to me, well, I wanted, I want to apologize to you. Or whoops, Yehuda. <laughs> <laughs> we can bleep that. <laughs> okay. And he says to me, and I said to him, like, for what? For what? And he's like, well, you know, because I think that you should have had, you know, you should have had me in your life and all like this. And, you know, I'm just really sorry, you know, that, that you had to feel that absence. And I had to check myself very quickly, not because of any kind of anger, but because of what I was about to reply was, oh, don't worry, I didn't feel your absence. Like, I didn't feel like the pain of the lack of a father. But I realized that saying it that way might have hurt his feelings. Like, how would you feel if, like, you came back in somebody's life, somebody that you love, and you said to them, you know, I'm sorry for not having been there. And they say, oh, I didn't, I didn't miss you. <laughs> you would have so, destroyed I mean, your father, yes. I, so, it I sounds really, like you've I been... Really, You've been Tobias, yeah. right? Because Tobias encounters that situation in this book, right? Like, you know, he well, meets he Lauren. Feels a, yeah, and, but he feels a lot more anguish and pain over the situation mm. than, than I did. So, Yehuda's uh, just built different. <laughs> uh, well, well, I am. It's just it's because my, my, my mother was strong enough to be both mother and father to me in that sense. So that I didn't feel any kind of parental lack or absence. No, I had, I had, I would say probably the best upbringing I, I, I ever I ever could have had. I couldn't, I honestly, if I'm, if anybody says, well, would you wish it had been different? You know, the only thing I could wish is just that like, you know, that my mom could have been richer so she could have been home a lot longer and not had to have worked this hard. That's, that's the only thing I could have, I, I would have wished, but like everything else, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for a better childhood. Now, Tobias, he's in this, now, there's so much in this book that really like fucked me up about so much i don't know if we want if we want to go in order or oh we're, want we'll oh, we'll go, go we'll go through it in order and we will talk about all those big things as they occur like okay can i just at least one one thing that i want to that i want to put put out there just uh, tease it tease it baby about. tease it let me try to let me try to copy this so um it's gonna be all right so how the hell could it be that none of Lauren's family gave a shit enough about her to <laughs> figure out what was going on with her situation. Like, all the buildup, I mean, I, I can talk about, uh, about this, this aspect openly because it's happened in other books. What we get of Tobias's life beforehand is that his, apparently, Lauren's sister is like, oh, yeah, no, my sister's like, you know... I don't know, like abusing drunk. I mean, like you get a sense, of, like that, like she's really disparaging her sister. Oh, my sister's a drunk, or she's a drug addict. I mean, like, she doesn't actually say these things, but this feels like, oh, she's a deadbeat. And it's like, no, she. There's there's a real situation here, and I I can't understand what the fuck is going on here. I I can I can, I can help with that. So spoiler well, spoiler alert! Oh, sure. In this book, Lauren is found to be disfigured and have a horrific brain injury. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, as someone who works around people that are disfigured and have horrific brain injuries, oftentimes their families throw them away and forget about them. 
That is very interesting. I hadn't actually considered that aspect. Because the, I the, didn't know that. the patient who last gave me COVID was someone who had a lot of chronic health conditions, which made mm-hmm. them a very physically incapacitated. And I had to call family in six surrounding states to try and figure out if we were going to keep them alive or not. Because they had all just pushed this person into Oregon and forgot about oh, them. Oh, I see. So nobody wants to take care of the person, so they just pretend, oh, the person's dead or yes, whatever. Yes, yes. That's, that's how I read that. It sounds like that person I mean, needs a champ in <laughs> to save them. Yeah. Well, but here's, and, so here's another thing that, that actually caught me as, as odd as well, is that when we read in the Andalite Chronicles, we get a glimpse uh, into the character of Lauren's mother. And she's the good mother. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So, like, I- I'm, to, I'm, I'm to understand that, like, this irresponsible bitch of a sister <laughs> came from this lovely, sweet woman. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I grew up with my grandma, who was a lovely, sweet woman, and all of her grandmas and all of her children, my mother included, turned out to be drug addict fuck-ups. So I think it's just the greatest generation have a bunch of shitty boomer kids. I think that I thought that seems to be kind of the the, the case, because that's one of the things that my mom actually know. My mom, she was born in 42. So she, she actually just, she's technically... <laughs> She's, t- she's not even she's not a boomer because she's actually just the year right before the cutoff that you get for uh for being part of like the the generation that's that felt the depression <laughs> so <laughs> so so i get a lot from from her about what life was like back then and it just seems like uh that that's the ca- that that really is the case that like you know there are certain places that are absolutely great but then there are just some families that for whatever reason and she noticed so she didn't feel this but her sister Judy who's just um was born in 43 1943 uh ended up being a huge drug addict and so really it's it's so odd to her how that one year seemed to make a huge difference in the way that they were uh and and the way that they were that they were brought up like my mom never got into drugs she never got into alcohol i mean like no 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 more into alcohol than anybody else i mean she well, drank do, like do you know the famous saying in in 1942 it's that no, this war was- can't go on forever will it be us or them <laughs> excellent <laughs> which also happens right. to be the tagline of the diversion <laughs> Nate's gonna keep I'm us sorry. on task if it kills him. No, I love that. I love that though because I need I need a taskmaster. I have ADHD. I promise <laughs> you, I took I took my Adderall, but it's uh probably not enough. We're all very <laughs> excited to be here. It's gonna be them. I am. Is it's, it, not, it's not gonna be me. It won't be us. It's definitely gonna be them. No. So yeah. our cover features our lovely bird turning into a German shepherd with the ghost <laughs> specter of Tobias <laughs> behind it. I have so many questions. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Question number one. Uh, the model changed, right? Like, yeah, the model changed. Yeah, this isn't because like this Tobias looks um like modelish, uh, cherubic and childish is what I would say. And like you brought up something good on Twitter. Who you? Oh, thank you. That I t- do good tweets. Tobias used to be fat. Yeah. Tobias used to be a chunko. Uh-huh. Like, this kid would never be bullied. Yeah, in the first book, he's described as paunchy and fat. That's right. Th- this kid... That's so funny. Like, so, so many, like, you know, teenage girls would come to his defense if he was ever bullied. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's handsome. Oh, yeah. 
right? Well, here's the, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that got me. I, I, I got to be honest with you. When I pictured Tobias, I really barely paid attention to the to, to the covers. I always thought Tobias was was thin. I don't know. That's just the way I always pictured him. So here's here's a funny thing. This is checked in the book. Like I noticed it. And you go through it. Da, da, da. Sorry, I made a bunch of notes, so we're just like... Oh, we did, too. We got pages of notes. Yeah, yeah but he has more, though. Come on. Probably, yeah. He's a PhD. <laughs> You're just a bachelor's degree. That's right. I'm just over here drinking a beer like a dirty bachelor. <laughs> hey, anyone right. want to Anyone wanna ask me my degree? It's an associate's degree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, I'm ashamed here to be is. associated with you. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, so it's on... Uh-huh. Ha-ha, yuck, yuck. It's on page 69. <laughs> nice nice and, and it's when he's describing lauren yeah she was thin like me blonde thin hair like me. like me yeah hmm. yeah. yeah my it, if she uh if she was my mother okay so she had the same hair i had so i'm yeah blonde and she was thin like me and i know i noticed that because uh, i also read the thing that you that you were on twitter about like tobias being fat now i had never pictured him fat so that when I was reading through this and I saw that description, it it's something I, it snapped and it clicked and I was like, oh yeah, maybe maybe yeah. Well, like, like he uh, got he got thinified because he's the hero and heroes can't be fat, right? Yeah, because like, I was thinking about this w- while you were talking, which I apologize. First off, <laughs> that's that's what Nate does. Nate subscribes to the Norm Macdonald way of conversation, and that he's he waits for other people to stop talking so he can say the thing he thought of. No, sometimes my mind just goes, and I do apologize afterwards. You were so thinking while I was talking. How fucking dare you? I know. How I'm fucking a mo- dare you. I'm a monster. I've acknowledged this. <laughs> get but- out. Get out now. No. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go now. <laughs> yeah, Nate's out. Uh, is that like? You know, like uh, in children's literature, there are no fat characters that are heroes. Mm-hmm. Like even oh, yeah. when they, um, and I hate to bring up Harry Potter, but like, it, Potter. especially since I haven't read Harry Potter, so it's gonna be even worse. But the the whole deal with Neville Longbottom is that he's a chunky nerd that mm-hmm. turns into a superhero, mm-hmm. right? But like, isn't the idea also that he thins up and muscular's out? Yeah. Right, because J.K. Rowling hates fat people. I don't remember okay. saying that in the book, but it certainly comes through in the films. You see <laughs> that happen. Right. And so, like, I, I can't... Is there a, like, children's literature book that just has a fat kid as a hero? I can't um, think of any. I can. Um, but it's, Oh, how uh, to... Like, the one where they ate worms, right? <laughs> like, they gotta eat no, 30 worms or whatever? No, actually... It's, eating it's a very different... That's a real hero? <laughs> yeah. well, here, here, it's actually... Oh, God. Um, uh, Confederacy of Dunces. That's the fat hero. <laughs> Oh, there's also, um, oh, well, I'm, no, whoops, I almost said Lord of the Flies, but we're trying to think of Lord. Lord. Yeah, Lord of the Flies, where the fat kid gets his head cut off. <laughs> yeah, he does, but I mean, like, you're, well, the, it's framed, of course, that Piggy, that's what they call him, <laughs> but, but he's got the moral high ground, and, like, he's the good, he's the heroic <laughs> character in that. Um, but so, no, so for children's lit, the one that, that came to my mind, if, if I'm thinking of a fat character, is Freak the Mighty. What? If you've ever read no. Freak the Mighty. Yeah, it's so it's um it's it's an amazing it's an amazing book. His name I is Freak. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's about um it's it's about it's about uh two disabled characters. And okay. it's, oh god, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. But so that's that's got a fat uh hero in it. I'm, so, I'm no, just saying, like, as a husky uh, child, maybe right. having, like, a positive husky child role model might be nice. I didn't have one. Yeah. Like, like, I am a admitted fat person, have been. husky. 
thing. No, I have, I have, I have, I'm, I have uh, thick bones. What was it they used to say? Is that what's it? Yeah, big bones. Big, big, big bones. Yeah, it's like I've been fat my entire life. My entire life, I've spent afraid to go to parties because if I sit on a chair and it breaks, everyone will laugh at me because that happened once because I was too fat for mm-hmm. a chair. Uh, yeah. There, there, there is a, an erasure of fatness. Into my specifically, the one you looked up to, <laughs> the one I look up to. Yeah, like he was fat in book one. Look it up. Yes, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to look it up in book one because oh god, here I have here I have to be. Um, I have to be very honest. So I read like all of the the animorphs uh, uh, books, but and I had tried. So so I I got into it like I said with book thirteen. When I started reading book one, a lot of book one was so different. Like it has like a different outlook. Like like things are very different and things are retconned. Yeah, from it's book one. It's like the forward. yeah, it's the pilot episode of Animorphs where it's like, oh, this is the story they're establishing. Oh, we quickly quickly change all of it. Yeah, which right. is fine. So I don't think it's so a bad thing. No, it's not. It's not a bad thing. But here's the thing: if if you if you're going into it like jumping in with book thirteen to jumping into book one. It read even to my. I mean, I would. I would never have have thought about it this way. I mean, like, if, if at the time I thought of like this, this I can't read this, and I've never read uh, book one all the way through. What happened was that um, there was such a huge inconsistency from what I was reading in book thirteen onwards to what I read in book one. I I had unfortunately never got never gotten through it because it, none of it was none of it was very relevant um you get like you get like the basic character no the character beats that you need to know for the rest of the story you know uh elfanger gets eaten oh spoiler alert uh <laughs> that uh you know tobias is trapped in hawkmark you have so many uh people going over like what happened in the first battle that it made needing reading book one first of all it made it a little bit un- unnecessary by the time that I that, that I'd come to it, and secondly, there were aspects in it that, that, as I said, were just inconsistent that just didn't um, jive well with what I knew about the series, and it made me kind of wonder, like, wh- why was I reading this when, like, I know better about how things are uh, late, later on, and that also made reading, I think, the first or no, the second Megamorphs, the one with the with the dinosaurs, a bit difficult, like. Like why Tobias couldn't just fucking heal himself, you know? It was just like stuff like that, and uh, um, then I think that was later retconned, and they had they had to put slide something in there to make it a little bit more consistent. But I remember on the Animorphs webpage at at one point in in time, which was a a forum where Kathy Apples she would respond to readers and critics. She acknowledged that that was a mistake that the Tobias couldn't uh, morph in that one, and she's like, "Yeah, no, I kind of I, I I made a mistake there." So uh, the kinks the kinks are being worked out, and uh, but but so yeah, so that, that's just something I thought was interesting. So so with Tobias, um, never having read book one, I will be honest, I had always pe- pictured him as thin, always. I mean, that's how we're conditioned to accept media anyway. Like, yeah. it's not till very recently that fatness has even become somewhat more represented. Not that I want... Well, the, the pendulum have swung a little bit, you know, where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, only fat 
It's like, well, no, like just normalize it. Yeah, just, just like just make it not be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And we shouldn't be too hard on this book because they don't do complete fat erasure. Because if you open the book oh, yeah. right. and look at the inside cover, there is a very uh, rotund woman watching Lauren shop while Tobias's champ knocks everything down. And, and well, here's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. So chapter one, not very important. They do a recap. Tobias tries right. to eat a mouse, mm-hmm. fails because oh, there's me- a snake nearby. Right, um, yeah. Let me open up to, to, to book one here real quick. Or to chapter one, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. So, and, well, I mean, chapter one, like, it, you know, it establishes that I'm um, a freak of nature. It does that yep. whole thing that yeah. always happens in Tobias's books. But the thing that really brings it back to Fat Kid is Rachel shows up and she has <laughs> McDonald's. Yes. <laughs> oh, she yeah. Has, yeah. She, the, it's the most beautiful description of, of a, like, a McDouble that I've ever seen. Uh, excuse me, a Big Mac. Sorry, do I- not do Big Mac erasure. Uh, okay, Big Mac. The only difference is it has Mac sauce. No, Mac it sauce. has an extra bun. There are three buns. That what's that's what makes it a Big Mac. McDonald's Big Mac. It's more than just another hamburger. There are two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions on a sesame seed bun. I'm not <laughs> proud that I know this or that I'm defending this, but I it's, will not. Is it I, a special bread? Is it like the no, the bottom no, part of the Big no, Mac? No, it's bread, burger, bread, burger, bread. Yeah, I know, but it's not it's obviously not like a top bun. It's no, in no, the what? bottoms. No, so what a, do they do not, with the tops? It's, a, it's like a club sandwich, but with a Big Mac. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's not like a club sandwich because a club sandwich has like the top and bottom pieces, right? So it's like, right? You know, just so, like a Big Mac, but and it the, also has the middle bread. Like, what, what's the middle bread though? Is it like the bottom? It's of a hamburgers? bottom piece. Yes, they're not going to put two of the sesame seed on there. That's that's throwing money away. Okay, but what are they doing with the oh, tops? What the fuck are you thinking, Nate? Come on, get with the what are they doing with the tops? You like they don't have. They have probably special extra bottoms. Wait, okay, no, they but have, like, no, they have middle bread that's that's grilled on both sides. That's yes, holy shit that, is it grilled on both sides that's what i was thinking like I've is it never ever check that yeah it, i've never looked i just take that beautiful piece of goodness and i put that in my mouth two all beef patty special sauce that is cheese pickles onions and a sesame seed bun it's your mcdonald's big mac you've got to taste it to believe it you know what i mean yeah. sorry this is gonna get no let, let's <laughs> read it here we gross. go ready but my human brain remembered something more the pure pleasure of sinking my teeth into three inches of hamburger and bun, the crunch of lettuce and onion, the grease and cheese and the special sauce combining as I chewed, and the fries. Was there ever a more perfect food than the McDonald's french fry? Fresh from the fryer, although still steaming. By the way, McDonald's french fries, trashed here. No, shut the fuck up. They're a- good. F tier fries. F? Yeah. No. no. F-, F is bad here. No. Are they the best? No. But I'll say no. this, McDonald's fries, better than Five Guy fries. No, that's bad. You're wrong. Better than In-N-Out fries. No, you're bad opinions. Because like you can tell they're bad because if if they're even the slightest amount cold, you throw them away. They immediately become trash. Now, warm to trash ratio is fast. All fast food goes bad very quickly. That's, that's why fair. it's called fast food. You can rehate a Five Guys. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if I, if I made French fries at home, which I have, like from scratch, peeling potatoes, the fries that you make at home are 10 out of 10, the best that you will ever have. And they do not like even, yeah, they, they, they don't go bad. Yeah, Todd, we have French fries at home. (laughs) (laughs) No, hold on. We did gloss over something important, which I did want to pose to Yehuda. Yehuda, let's say, let's say you bring someone home and you're a, how would you rate someone if you got your mouth around their three inches of meat? Where does that where does that rate on the gay man rating scale? Where I bring greasy, someone though. home, 
Yeah, like so a, a three-inch penis. Where does that rate? A three-inch penis? Yes. Oh, God. F-tier. Oh, no. yeah, that's... that's no, so it's all penises are... <sighs> why am I defending fast food and penises? They're both great. You brought it up. I don't know why you asked. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to say. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm answering this honestly. That would be really fucking weird. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, Tyler. If this penis got cold, you throw it in the trash. It's immediately bad. Yeah, no one wants a cold penis. No one no. wants an icicle sliding in them. No. That's right. No. No, How, absolutely not. But, okay, like, let's be clear, though. A cold Big Mac, I will eat. I'd eat a cold Big Mac. Yeah, right? Sure. Uh, like a cold McChicken? Extra pickles, add bacon. Wonderful. Filet of fish. Filet of fish. Filet of fish. Filet of fish is so delicious. McDonald's filet of fish sandwich. So flaky, so tangy and creamy. McDonald's filet of fish with hot fries and an icy coke. The filet of fish is delicious. Yeah, the turtle sauce. It's tangy. Who are you people? Turtle sauce is good. Have you never tried the filet of fish? I have. That's why I'm disgusted with you people. It's a big fish stick. Listen to what you just said. That's bad. Fish sticks are good. Oh my god. Fish sticks are good. Oh my god. End of pot. No. Okay, Tyler. Hey, 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 you want to learn something cool? I've been waiting for the perfect moment to bring this up. Yeah. Tyler, when you were, when I knew you, like when you yeah, were. Yeah, you're going to talk about you how sh- I didn't like shit on my sandwiches. Yeah. When you yes. were 15, your order at McDonald's was plain hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. Bun, meat, bun, plain hamburger. Because that's how we ate it at home. Yeah, okay. And I was afraid to try anything else because I was scared. Yeah. Are you happy? I'm admitting it. I've now tried everything and i can tell you having had everything that the filet of fish is garbage you haven't had the filet of fish at mine yeah you haven't got it right can i come have a filet of fish at your house yehuda with your homemade french fries <laughs> absolutely absolutely oh but there is something that i wanted to gl- that i wanted to to go look over in, in uh the ch- chapter one that i always thought was interesting the only reason i bring it up is because uh uh, when I read this book, I'm re- I'm reading it through the eyes of a literature of a literature PhD student. So I'm just like, oh, this is a very interesting aspect of character. So, uh, I was interested in the way that Tobias thinks about himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the things that he that he says. So this is on page. Let me take a look. It's one of the. It's I think probably the first note that that I have is uh, page three. He says, I'm a kid trapped in a bird's body. I am a kid trapped in a bird's body. He thinks of him, and like in that page, he thought of himself as like a, as a kid first and then, you know, in a, in a, in a bird's body. Yeah, and then, especially in yeah. other books, he's thought of himself as the bird first and not a kid. Well, that's exactly, and that's exactly my point is like, so then... You hit on you hit the nail on the head for me exactly right. So later on, so then we get to um, the page six. He says, "I stayed in Hawkmorph too long, and now I'm not a human in Hawkmorph. I'm a hawk." I uh, so there's a bit of, uh, so I have trouble understanding. Now maybe it's just because um, we all I think that we all tend to think of ourselves in contradictory ways like. You know, there's there's the phrase from uh, from the song, um, what what is it by by the Verve? Uh, it's a bittersweet symphony. 
it's a bittersweet symphony. That's right. So then he says, so there's a, there's a line in there. I'm a million different people from one day to the next. Oh, I got it right. And so, and so that's exactly right. And so that's, so that's the, the kind of thing that I'm thinking of. It's like, we all tend to think of ourselves in contradictory ways. And I think that that's one of the, one of Tobias's contradictions is that at one point he'll think of himself as a kid trapped in a bird's body. And then the next moment he'll think of himself, uh, as uh, not a hawk, not a human in hawk morph, that he's a hawk first. And so a lot of a, a lot of this book is those contradicting identities coming to a head, like they're going head to head, I should say, yeah. because I mean that's also a sign of trauma in children is that they can't make decisions and they just sort of wait for things to happen, which is a thing Tobias has done a lot, <laughs> and it's mood dependent, absolutely. Like, you know, then, he he's yeah. only he's only feeling himself as as a you know boy first in this is because he messed up as a hawk. Yes, right. He's frustrated with himself. So yes, he's he he's that he's song. unable to kill a mouse. He did not see a rattlesnake who stole his food, so he gets pissed off. He's like a hawk would have seen that rattlesnake. What the fuck am I doing? And Rachel comes flying in and double mm -hmm. downs doubles down on it with a double down. Right, like she's <laughs> yeah, like, well, let's, 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 oh, a double like, down is a sex act. So let's not. That's well, it's also, it's also a KFC sandwich. <laughs> Please. We're in fact <laughs> in corner. We're talking about the KFC sandwich. Okay, let's hold on. I want to hear Yehuda's double down sex act because I don't know what it is. I, I, I think I just want to kind of leave that to the side. Oh, honestly, okay. I had more All to right. say about Tobias. <laughs> okay, uh, the double down sandwich is chicken patties with bacon and sauce between it. The chicken's the bread. So I imagine that's right. kind of like the sex thing. Probably somebody's uh, the bread in sure. sex. <laughs> You're either the bread <laughs> or the meat in sex. If you <laughs> and let me tell you, you don't want to be the unleavened bread in sex. Oh my god! Okay, you don't want that. <laughs> oh my, don't. So 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 no. If you really want to know, I mean, you can uh, you can urban dictionary it, but yeah, I'll just well, you don't have to. Yehuda, you're a smart, eloquent gentleman, and I will not dirty you. <laughs> he tells what I'm double going, down is. I'm going to edit it in. You know, I now. Having sex with more than one person at once, most usually a girl taking on two guys, and even more specifically alternating between blowing one and the other. You know, I really don't, I really don't mind because, um, <laughs> I, I really don't mind because I mean like what, we've already talked about like what, bringing a guy home and immediately apparently pushing him up against the door and sucking his cock, this three inch cock, so. Yeah, that's what we talked, talk that's it exactly. So, uh. Oh, so no, so um, right. So I'll so, just, I'll just, I'll just read you the. <laughs> it's so I, I can get you my, back on track if you want an out. I got an out for you. I bit into my three-inch oh, no, cock no. and sighed. Well, actually, I moaned out loud. Grease and cheese and special sauce dribbled down my chin. Mm. Rachel shook her head and handed me a napkin, which would have been embarrassing if I hadn't been so involved with my lunch. Something I forget. Sometimes I forget normal human things, like my old locker combination, or which months have 31 days, or how to work the token machine at the arcade. Useless information to a hawk, of course. Still, it scared me a little, like I'd crossed a line I might not ever get back. Or worse, I'd forget so many things that given the opportunity, I might not want to get back, but I hadn't forgotten the Big Mac or the fries. As long as I had fast food, I had hope. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like it, it, this still sounds like depression. Hawk is an allegory for depression. Yes, it's like yeah, you're deep in depression. You forget about the basic normal human things, like I should shower or shave. But there are times when you come back to life when you eat that greasy, greasy burger. Oh yes. Well, oh yes. So here's so here. There were two things that that caught me about this. So 
on uh so we're, we're this but like since we're talking about like the the depression aspect i'm fine with bringing this in too so on page six when he talks about like i stayed in the hawk more for too long and now yeah i'm a hawk blah 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 so uh right uh oh uh, sorry that's on page that's it's actually on page where he talks about himself as being a species of one which speaks to his like the the aspect of like his depression and i think it really is kind of the seed for a lot of what happens in this book because he calls himself a species of one and this book is the book where he gets his mom back so he's not a species of one anymore i thought that was very that was very interesting so <laughs> and like not to jump too that, far ahead yeah, he converts ahead. his yeah. species of one into like you know he <laughs> he changes lauren into like a bird yeah, <laughs> yeah specifically and like i we should talk about it when we get to it well, yeah we'll get to that but yeah. Yeah, that's significant. <laughs> but uh, Tobias so also rem- Tobias remarks that Rachel understands him in a way. Like he says that Hawk life is hard, but Rachel gets that. So Rachel takes care of him. Yes, she does. And I thought that was a really beautiful shining example of like how how in tune Rachel is with Tobias and like mm-hmm. with just caring for other people, checking in. And it's also uh Guess what? If you don't have strong parents, you might make your significant other your stand-in parent. I, I didn't get that. Uh, I, did. I didn't I got get that it, either. I, what, what I got it as, like, being supportive but not trying to fix, right? Is like, hey, listen, I got you if you need it, but also, like, you know, I'm not going to try to, you know, give you suggestions or, like, you know, try to push you to any sort of healthy I, goal. Yeah, I think it's just, you may be thinking of... Yeah, yeah, I think you may be thinking of like what transference. I don't think that the, I don't get that from from this situation. I it's, don't know. I don't know. A thin blonde bringing him f- sustenance to survive life. That's kind of what a mother does. <laughs> I, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But but, it, but it's something. But it's also something that like just a caring partner would do for another for somebody that they that they love to care. See, Ty, you're doing something else, which is. Our partners are our parents. No, all I'm saying, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm no, saying there's no. there's there's parallels. That's the point I'm making. Well, no, because here's the here's the thing. I think you're you're right that, that that there is something in the fact that a lot of people, when they get into relationships, they try they end up getting into relationships that mimic the relationships that they have with uh w- that they'd had with their significant others, their parents. So that like if they see if they're living in an abusive household, they will tend toward abusive uh abusive households and because uh, a daughter for example will see the way that her father treats her mother uh, or stepmom or however and assume that that is the way that men are supposed to treat women and will internalize that what i would so i would so there is something in, in what you're saying tyler what i would push against uh, the reason why i would push against it is because tobias has never known his mother he as we find out, didn't even know what color hair she had. But we, but, ha- but we know. We, we know, but so, so, so the thing of it is, he didn't even remember, like, uh, her ever having touched him in, in his life. So we know that, so we can, we can read that, but that's a, that, that I would call that as a meta-commentary on the situation. Maybe that's something that Kathy Apples was trying to get into the, uh, into, into Tobias' subconscious, something, something like that. It's possible. But you can't mimic a relationship if you've never seen the relationship. See, so, oh. so that because that that's usually how what you're what you're talking about, Tyler. That's usually how that stuff tends to go when it plays out in real life. Is like the behavior is mimicked, or 
the relationship that you that you view, you try to reconstruct that, and it takes a lot of therapy to try and, and get past that. But with Tobias, he's never seen what the relationship was in the first place. His stepdad died before he can remember. His mom was out of his life also, apparently, before he could remember. So the the relationships that he would actually, in fact, be trying to mimic would be the ones that he's seen his uncle, his abusive uncle, and his abusive aunt do, which I don't know if the uncle is that is also Lauren. I think Uncle Jake uh, is probably the <laughs> one here. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's move on, because I think that we want to talk about the things that are like later uh-huh. in this book. Like, I want to talk oh, about yeah. things Jake does, and like, yes. now's not the time. Oh, yeah. Because no, I, there's I, a lot I, of garbage yeah. here at this beginning, too. There, there is some buildup to getting to the emotional fireworks factory. Um, they have found out that the Yerks are after blood. The Yer- blood. The Yerks broke into the gardens, took blood samples oh, from their battle morph du jour. Mm-hmm. We found out that Tom is heading up a blood drive, and the Anwars realize... Wait, they might have figured out they were human. We leave DNA all over the place. They may have collected some. Same. Hey. (laughs) Sexual Nate is not making any appearance in this podcast. Yehuda, we have now discovered a new identity for Nate. It's Sexual Nate. Why is it new? uh, Sexual Nate's always been around. He just, you know. I don't know. He's in the bedroom. We've all always. (laughs) That's right. Nate. Nate has always been able to make me viscerally uncomfortable if he looks me in the eyes and says the word pussy, because there's something about the way he says the word just makes me uncomfortable. Well, sh- shall I say it now? Yeah. Pussy. <laughs> just, it's fine. Don't, I don't like that. It's wanted. Yehuda. Pussy. <laughs> it's fine. Right? Like, it's... Honestly, it's a healthy relationship with pussy. To saying it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Not when you say it. But that's that's fine. The Yerks are after blood, not after pussy. Not sometimes. Sometimes blood comes from pussy. But we're not going to get into that. They're uh, after blood specifically <laughs> because they 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 know that there's bandits about. Yes. are leaving DNA everywhere. Right. And so here's what. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's so yeah. So they know there's you're right. So they know there's bandits about, and so like and all like that. So here's the thing that got that, that got me. Here's my note for this. So here's what's strange to me. DNA has been known to humanity since the 1860s, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And there's a quote, DNA typing can be a powerful adjunct to forensic science. The method was first used in casework in 1985 in the United Kingdom and was first used by the United States by, by commercial laboratories in 1986 by the Federal Bureau of Investigation in 1988. Mm-hmm. So not only that, the Andalites and the Yerks have known about DNA for a long time. The Andalites use it for their technology, and the Yerks would most certainly be aware of that. So my question is, why would they not have used this technology before? Because all of a sudden, they have, like, fucking biofilters, and, like, where the fuck was that? I and, got like, this. Here so we go. Certainly, <laughs> so certainly, it's much more advanced than that of humans in technology at the time, but it reminds me of how most murder she wrote... Uh, mysteries plots wouldn't work anymore because of the advent of cell phones <laughs> and like the war would have been over in five seconds if they just like if they it was like they knew what dna was so, like why all of a fucking sudden but so so uh, nate, yeah, go ahead nate has the answer to this okay here we go ready okay uh, let's hear it so the yurks they steal technology mm-hmm. they don't necessarily make yep. technology um there's that also um 
they are all subservient. They will not go out of line from their viscer. They they're they're loyal to their viscer because otherwise they'll get stepped on. Mm-hmm. Viscer mm-hmm. viscer three slash viscer one only cares about blowing shit up. He's not here to solve <laughs> mysteries. Yeah, he's here to find bandits. And like this sure. whole detectiveness is just out of character because like he doesn't detect things. He he chases. He's a chaser. Okay. And we also me- know that Visser Three is an Andalite supremacist. He's right. a fucking sure. weeb. He's a weeb for Andalites. He True. in a million years never would have thought that humans could rebuff and rebuke him to such a degree that they sure. have. And th- they focus well, on me, one planet. Let me counter. Yeah. Let me let, let me count. Let me counter with this though. So, um, even if even if even supposing that they that they never decided. That uh, or, or began to suspect that, that the animorphs were humans. What does that have to do with setting up a biofilter so that anybody who's not authorized cannot get into your shit? I mean, they have How, used that, has, that. They have used that in previous books. They have. So the, my point is, like, why would they not have done it way fucking before? I I look. I didn't want to bring this up, but. I think Bring this will uh, this I think will answer the question because it's a children's book. <laughs> no, well, no. Here's, I know, here, they I have, they I got have, a shipment. They they the they, they the two. <laughs> I think I think here, here's my my answer to it, and it's actually probably uh, I'm thinking because I'm because like when I, I'm I'm looking at this book, I'm reading it. I I love the book, but there are some structural issues with it. It is ghostwritten. Lisa Harkrader, the Australia writer, wrote this one. It has, it ha- right, right. It has nothing to do with it being ghostwritten. It has everything to do, I think, with the fact that, so this is book 49. Book 42 is the last book of the series. And I think at this point, Kathy Apples knows that. So I think that what, what's happening structurally is that the, that the author, I guess Kathy Apples in this case, or um, whoever was helping her write it or structure this plot decides so a lot of plot that was meant to happen maybe slowly or a bit more gradually has to now all of a fucking sudden happen yes yes yeah that is a huge criticism of this book that I have personally so that so that's what I mean like I think that that's probably that getting getting right down to it that is the real answer uh, to all of this, because I don't think that there is a satisfactory in-book answer to it, and I'm fine with that, because I, uh, like, again, I love the book, but if if uh, we're getting into, um, I would, I, I really kind of hate to call it criticism, too, because I love it so much, so maybe I'll call it critique? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's the fact that, it's the fact that uh, there's there's too much plot that is being, that, it, that, it, that has to be crammed into, like, a very, a very brief amount of pages yes there there is uh we will get into this but there's tobias in part of this book and then the other part of this book is focusing on other characters which is a detriment to the character of tobias yeah it's a bit frustrating when plot happens yes because because the thing of it is yeah this is this is obviously very clearly to me this is meant to be this is meant to be two books this should have been a jake book Mm-hmm. And it should have yeah. been a Tobias. Yeah, yeah, this is this is moving some pieces around for sure. Let's get to it. Let's 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 let's, let's get to that. Let's get through this blood lab because really nothing important happens in the blood lab. Yeah, the only thing that happens is a grandma shows up and starts blasting. Okay, so like the the, the gang. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The gang. Oh, they me, realize that there's a blood plan. Yeah, they realize there's a blood bank, and they <laughs> they need to go to the blood bank see if the Yurks have their DNA. 
And that was a really, which I got to say is a really fucking stupid move. Cause I think <laughs> Cassie, Cassie is the one who says, Hey guys, if we go there, they're going to, we're going to confirm that we actually are human. Right. Like we know this. Mm-hmm. And then Jake's like, Oh yeah. But like, actually, if we, we have to kind of do it now, Right. like we only have like so many adventures we can go on yeah. until this is over guys hey this is adventure 49 we only have adventure 54 so we kind of got to move folks we got to go to the blood bank we got to go to the blood so yeah yeah so but before we oh, go to the God. blood bank we do get a nice chapter of tobias brooding where he's wishing that his parents loved him like i just love those little chapters where he's just like man oh, yeah. I, I wish i was cool and that it does have some sort of narrative significance chapter four in that yeah, he sure. gets shot at by someone like a human just oh, yeah, shooting at birds. Bow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that he was so fucking confusing. I was like, what the fuck is this? And it's it, just like, <laughs> and, and he comes out and starts shooting. Him. <laughs> this book is really good at making fun of poor rednecks <laughs> as we get yeah, with, right. as we get with Ricky Lee later but it's it's showing that our boy is not committing to either one of the two parts of who he is and it's right it's dangerous to him like i like that little bit of narrative significance but let's get to that blood bank cuz that's where we're headed right you i'm yeah, hungry for me, blood morbius is I'm back to- he's <laughs> back for blood morbius <laughs> is back the gang goes morbius mode on this blood bank who the hell are you man i am i don't I'm just kidding. It's Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. And that's a weird thing that got me too, is just like, you can't keep blood for that long. So if you gave like five years ago, there's no way that they're going to still have it. Can't you keep it for like less than a year at most? I think it's like, uh, like a matter of months. No, so, no yeah, you'd be, be a matter of months. You'd be surprised. Like at the hospital I work at, you can agree to have your blood be tested and they keep that shit forever. Oh really? Yeah, it's. But 20. I'm assuming that like none of them agreed to have their blood tested. Nobody says that they did. Well, mm-hmm. who can say? We don't know. It's the '90s. Nobody cares. If we can get our oh yeah, if we can get our hands on it, maybe we can destroy any incriminating data without the Yerks catching on. And I'm just like, <laughs> but isn't that what Cassie just said would prove to them that they're human? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, why, why are they? Why are they? Why? Are, why are they? So yeah, that's that's yeah. So. Rachel says, so yeah, that's better than the alternative, Rachel argued. We can stop the Yerks. Yeah, they'll know we're human, but they won't know which humans. Or we can let them continue till, till they find us, which they will. So what I would have done is like, just because like, that's the cru- one, one of the crucial things is like, if you let them continue on and they will find you. So the answer to the question is actually answered later on because they fuck up big time. <laughs> they really do and- fuck up. And, and so then they, they end up having to do what they were going to have to do in the first place, which was, we know, move their families. Yep. I mean, that was, com- that, 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 that was coming. So we knew that they were going to have to do that. And Rachel makes the mistake, or we can let them continue till they find us, which they will, which that's exactly what they should have done. So that you have a long ass time to be able to move your families out. And Jake's like, oh, there's another option. We could get inside and find out what they know, then decide what to do. And if we could get our hands on it, maybe we can destroy any incriminating data without the Yerks catching on. But ugh, it's funny, God. like it's the writer. The writer sees the plot hole, but knows that she can't cover it up. So <laughs> she tries to explain it away. Really, if you just kept it vague, it wouldn't matter. Right. Right. It's yeah. like I was angry at the Yerks yeah. Yeah. Uh, for prying into my my biology. Right. 
Like, that's all right. it could be. Like, it could be so vague that you just wouldn't have to have this explanation of why we're going to the blood bank. Mm-hmm. You could just go there and yeah. follow it's like, along. It's, it's like, they're doing this. We have to stop it at all costs. Right. It's very easy. But did you read, like, if you read the whole thing, like, that Jake says, I, I or, like, a, that, that tag at the end. Yeah, so if we can get our hands on it, maybe we can destroy any incriminating data without the Yerks catching on. They continue their research and come up blank. Axe, is that something you can handle? So they continue their research and come up blank. That is supposing that you get in and out without being discovered, without realizing that you've deleted all the data, which first of all, somebody's going to figure out, oh, we had all this data and now all of a sudden it's busy. So fuck you, Jake. Are, like, what? what well, is that all about? And like, especially their plan is to summon an elephant to break it, like to yeah. cause a mess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, like this, this whole fucking thing is just, it's, it's so, it's so very last minute it, fe- it feels it's a fish like, tube and, it's, yeah. it's a pure fish and, tube it's a fish tube and right so so that's the thing so they want them to continue the research and come up blank but they're going to recognize if a bunch of shit has been deleted so they'll know oh the andalite bandits uh i guess came in here and deleted a bunch of our shit oh <laughs> we're wait, on why, to something they yeah. we're on to something so i mean like they like for for both reasons both that that idea is gonna gonna fail like they continue the research and catch and come up blank no if they come up blank they're gonna realize oh shit somebody deleted our shit uh, our stuff and exactly what cassie said is going to happen happens and here's the here's the thing that i that i always notice with 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 a lot of cassie stuff are you familiar with the myth of cassandra yes oh yeah Big Cassandra yeah. heads over here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So nobody so ever believes me when I say I have a Cassandra head. <laughs> yeah. For those of you, for the, for, for those, for those of you listening who don't know the myth of Cassandra, basically she's this, this prophet, this prophet, uh, I guess like prophetess or an Oracle. Basically she was given the gift of prophecy and all of her prophecies came true. Every single one, her curse was that when she made her prophecies that nobody, not a single person, would believe her. It's it's kind she of pre- it's kind right. of what we're living so through she, right now, and you should always yeah. listen to Greek women. You should always <laughs> listen to Greek women. So with so <laughs> right, so for example, C- Cassandra, she shows up in the in the Trojan uh, war and she knows that the tr- that the uh, the Greeks are hidden in the Trojan horse. She tells everybody <laughs> because it's her prophecy. Nobody believes her. And all the Trojans are obviously massacred. Uh, bad, bad things happen to Cassandra. Blah blah blah. But, but, uh, but so that's what this has happened. What, what, what I see happening is she's living up to her namesake. She knows. Kathy says, "Look, the Yurks don't know we're human yet. They only suspect. If we really were Andalites, we'd want them to waste their time and manpower analyzing human blood samples, right? So if we bust in." destroy their project we only prove we're not andalites she hits the fucking nail on the head and nobody credits her nobody credits her i think maybe maybe rachel well uh rachel says uh no nobody credits her because rachel has better than the alternative as in i'm i'm assuming that she means that busting in is better than the alternative yes rachel is pro bust Right. We can stop the Yerks, and yeah, they'll know we're human, but they won't know which humans. Or we can let them continue until they find us, which they will. So Rachel has hit on a good line of reasoning as well, but she's obviously framing it as like the, the, 
the not as good line of reasoning, which they will, because they will find us. Like, but so here's the point. So now we've reached uh, a crux in their decision-making process. So we have like this idea, they do nothing and they'll find out that they're human or they do something now and accelerate them knowing that they're human. We've got like, so... So wait, you're telling me Rachel is an accelerationist. (laughs) She's an accelerationist, yeah. You're telling me the the gung-ho violent one who smashes everything is an accelerationist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dial it back, Yehuda. Dial it back. No, but here's the... Here's the point that I'm making that, that I thought was very interesting that Rachel ends up pointing out, but I don't think that she realizes what, she, what she's saying, and I don't think that anybody else realizes, that, realizes, it, realizes it either. She says, oh, we can let them continue till they find us, which they will, which is true. So one is let them continue till they find us, which they will, or the other is busting in now, and Cassie's logic takes over. They will know that they're human because they've busted in. So both options lead to the Yerks finding out that they're human. And so if the plot point has been decided from the get-go, because there's no way that the Yerks are not going to find out that they're not human. So if the plot point is that they find out they're, they're not human, why wouldn't the more strategic answer have been as obvious to say, let's let them take their time and get our families out because they're going to find out that we're human no matter what. Well, so there's now, also the bravado answer, yeah. right? Which is something that Jake does later, which is just announce yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be found out either way, and like, I'm not saying that the book does this. I'm saying the book could have done this, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you know, hey, listen, if they, they know that we're human or if they're going to find out eventually, I can show up as a big elephant, wreck shit, turn into a girl and give them the bird and then turn yeah. into a bird. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, but like the problem, but I'm a girl. But here's my bird. <laughs> But the problem is that's a, that's such a huge strategic failing on Jake's part, and he knows it. Yeah. Uh, like uh, in the aftermath, and and it's a, it's such a huge strategic failing, and it's just so sad that like from from the get like you can see exactly how some of this is going to play out. Well, maybe it's just fatigue um, too. Right? Maybe they're just yeah. so tired of the war that it's yeah. just like I was. You yeah. know that you lost. The the point I was going to say is that. Hmm, it's almost like prolonged conflict and threat of violence leads to bad decision making and hurting others. Oh, yeah. It's like Yeah, absolutely, hmm. right? Hmm. But then again, the book doesn't <laughs> say the book doesn't make that, but we are smart well, with powerful little brains. We can figure that out. It's an Well here's here's yeah, here's something that, that, that I that I did want to point out because it came up to it came across to me later. And it's it's a, it's at the point in the book where No, I mean like I, I should probably uh, I'll point it out when I see it. But I think that this is something that happens with, with a lot of books. And I think, I'm starting to think that it's probably done on purpose because um, you're familiar with, with what dramatic irony is. Yes. Are you familiar with what that is? Yeah. Basically, yeah. So it's the it's idea when that, you get to yeah. say a slur and it's funny and not racist. That's exactly. exactly. That's no, it. No. <laughs> no, so, no, really. <laughs> really, the dramatic irony is, so that obviously develops from theater, that when it's when the audience is aware of something that the main character is not aware of. So it's in Oedipus Rex, for example, everybody knows that he's married his mother. Whoa, whoa, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. (laughs) Whoops. Sorry. Sorry. We can add a spoiler tag at the beginning of that. (laughs) Check. So, so he, everybody, everybody knows that. So that's dramatic irony. The audience already knows that he does not know. So in here, I think that in a, in a lot of literature, especially, especially with this book, it's very, it's very evident 
that there is a play with dramatic irony. So I don't think that like that it was written like, oh, you know, the the characters, usually when you see the characters written to be a little dumb or whatever like that, it's not that, that their characterization is actually that they're, that they're dumb. It's that they're trying to create this dramatic irony where something that is so obvious to the readership or, or, the, or the audience goes on. Um, you, you, ha- you, you, you see that in, in the book. And the reason why is because usually when you know a bad thing is about to happen, it provokes a sense of irony or anticipation. So you're waiting for like, like Chekhov's gun, you're waiting for like somebody to pull the trigger and it's just like this anxiety inducing thing. And so and, it creates, it creates what they call phenomenology, whereas like you're experiencing what the characters there are experiencing, maybe for different reasons, but you are feeling the anxiety as you're waiting for like the bad thing that you, the bad shit that you know is going to come on down the pike that as you're waiting for that to happen, you're feeling that in tandem with, with the, with the, uh, with the characters that you're reading about. So that's done purposefully. And so, well, do you think the, the book is doing this purposefully? No, like, like my point was going to be sometimes, yeah, there's narrative irony. And then sometimes there's cutting corner to put two books into one. <laughs> they really got to move the pieces well, along. Well, so, well, some, some of it is that, but I mean like, so, so no, I may as well go, go ahead, go ahead and tell you this because, because there's no, there's no uh, reason uh, not to, but like I remember, I remember reading this book for the first time very distinctly. You know, sitting in the library, turning the pages. Home. I remember reading this book for the first time, uh, or not for the first time, but, but like when I was reading this book for the, for the first time, and I got to the part where it said that Jake's parents were gone. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what was going to happen. In fact, even before then when Tom said that he wanted to go lawnmower shopping with his dad, like that was suspicious to me. It was like, I, I was a kid when, when I was reading this and I'm thinking to myself, there's no fucking way that a kid would want to go to a hardware store and go lawnmower shopping with their dad when they could have a day off. There's no fucking way that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense for a kid to want to do that. Well, I don't, I can't, I couldn't. So I knew that that was suspicious from the, from the get go. And so I, so I just, uh, I'll just say that when I first read it, that that's, that's the moment that I was going to kind of wait and and discuss my dramatic irony on. But so I think that, uh, well, well, let's get out, let's get out of this blood bank because we, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. No, you're good. I spent too much time (laughs) in the blood bank. They've taken three gallons already. (laughs) It's already congealed. It's a a jello now, this blood bank. Mm -hmm. And so one of my favorite characters for the book, the one that I like, I legitimately enjoyed was the, the blasting granny. Yes. So the gang, the gang break into (laughs) the blood bank. They're dressed as Hork Bajur with the blue bands. They (laughs) sneak into the blood bank. They find out, Oh, Oh, Lauren's alive. Tobias, your mom is alive. They immediately cruise oh, yeah, by right? that fact. Yeah, they just they they're like, oh hey, your mom's alive, and she actually lives right by you. She just never loved you really and never visited. Uh, <laughs> but also, <laughs> but also, as we're discovering that the blasting granny shows up and holds them all hostage. Like, by the way, I'm I, I pictured her as Kitty from that '70s show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Yeah, like you know, kind of like poodly hair. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. Animorphs has a gift for bringing in weird ancillary villains that just pop. I mean, Taylor's one in Tobias <laughs> books. Granny. Oh yeah. Grease and tattoo from the last one. Just all timers. And this Granny's got a gun. 
She says, you're trapped dearies. Yeah. Like, this is the Yerk speaking. Why is she adding dearies to because it? Because like, it's a beautiful affectation. I know. Well, it's just like almost like the Yerk inside of her head fell in love with this granny a little bit. Uh-huh. It's kind of like taking on the terminology of a granny. <laughs> like, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful little standoff. Long story short, the Jake starts blasting because he's got a Drake on beam. Granny starts blasting. Why? Everybody's blasting. They all run hey, away. Hey, if you had to guess... Who got injured in this in this kerfuffle? Uh-huh. Would you guess it would be Marco? Who uh, always who, somehow the managed. one who manages to get gutted and garroted every, every single time. Paddle. He just gets yeah. exploded. His guts are hanging out. Like yeah, Cassie right? Cassie always takes a bullet in the back, which, you know, given what happens to black teenagers in this country, we shouldn't be surprised. Where did that come from? <laughs> I sh- that's what it's the truth. We'll get into it. We won't get into it. <laughs> that's Look, I'm going to bring it up until everybody hates cops because that's what they do. Okay. They shoot children to I, death and other things to death, oh. which we'll also get into. <laughs> so when we get into this huge, yeah. So here's the thing that got that also kind of got me. Uh, so like, yeah, Jake dropped Jake dropped the guard's arm and slid his own palm over the pad, banged it, pushed it, double uh, doubled his fist and punched it. Nothing. Then, then two thick metal prongs erupted from the doors. The prongs rose. The doors rumbled open. Rachel and Grizzly Morgan bounded through the opening. Behind her, in the passageway, sat the monster forklift from the circus motor rumble. Fucking Deus Ex Machina. How the <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. She She's driven things as a bear before. <laughs> like, this is not the first time yeah. she's driven machinery as a bear. <laughs> Rachel, but I fucking, I love it. I, I love it. It's just I played off as like, okay, yeah, definitely. There's some Elemist shit going on here. He's like, yep, we're gonna let yeah. me. Oh let, no, she's not. You were gonna turn her around, get her. Yeah, nope, down this hallway <laughs> with the forklift. Uh, Rachel solves problems with violence. She's very good at it. We should just let her. I love it. Well, and also like I absolutely. Rachel. I love I love Rachel's gift for compartmentalizing. She's like be the best fucking girlfriend I think you could ask for. <laughs> If you need a wall taken out, Rachel is yeah. Rachel's there for you. Yes. Take out a wall, emotional walls, physical walls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's like there's that there's that ta- there's that uh, there's a tune that's like bum 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 It's like that that tune from that that you know cattle uh uh cattle rustling um, oh, the like beef it's what's for dinner music? <laughs> like, like that. It's like that's, that's the tune that's playing, like the thing that, that you know, that when the fork like, p- uh, pops through the door and starts raising things, that's the tune that goes <laughs> bum ba da ba ba. I was thinking, Rachel getting. She's not Sanford. Da, 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 da. I don't know why you're doing Sanford. Because she's busting in here, there kicking ass she, like Red Fox would. Rachel. Like she's well here, she's actually doing a strategic retreat, but she's like busting things <laughs> up. She's getting the shit done. Yeah, she, and like Jake's like, oh no, just go ahead and morph human and like and just mingle with the crowd. Well, thank God she didn't listen to Jake. I mean, my <laughs> fucking, what the fuck would have happened? Yeah, nobody what, what, what should listen to Jake. Yeah, listen? nobody. Jake makes all the bad decisions in this book. Like this he is does. a stealth Jake book. It sucks so bad. Well, the book doesn't suck bad, yeah. but the Jake su- the Jake sections suck. Yeah. So they escape the exploding blood bank. The Yerks blast it up. They go ah. back to Cassie's barn. <laughs> I, 
I love picturing the exploding blood bank. I'm just imagining like it blowing up and like blood goes everywhere. It it honestly made me think of that headline explosion at the bull semen factory with firefighters <laughs> having to dodge projectiles. Like I thought of that, but with blood. Like if you've never love it. If you Google that phrase, you'll find that headline. It's perfect. But they get back oh, to Cassie's barn and they they vo- like they decide we have to get our families out of here. All our families got to right. go. Oh, but not you, Tobias. We know you just learned your mom's here, but you can't get her. And Yehuda, I think you made a great point about ironic, like dramatic irony, because even Tobias throughout the book is saying, how's this for ironic musing? The Yerks were looking for humans who were related to human animorphs. And where did they get the match? From a bird with no family. And then the very moment I find out I do have a family, a mother, she's snatched away. Worse than snatched away. The Yerks had her name, her address, and I'd given her away to the Yerks. I stared out the hayloft door. She couldn't fight them off, not by herself. Tobias, I turned. Marco was looking at me. He kept his voice low. Look, I know what you're doing. Mapping out suicidal rescue missions, right? But you can't go near her. She's bait, okay? They know who she is. They're watching her, waiting for you. She's probably already a controller. And I was so pissed Fuck off you, when I read this because Marco did this Absolutely. exact same fucking thing, yes. except he Absolutely. did it. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, like my, I, I actually in my in my Kindle version, I had it highlighted. I, I, I highlighted that in my note. Lip legit says, "Oh sure, because you've always been so rational about that." <laughs> right. Fuck you, Marco. It's like well, everyone gets to have their, you know, the permission to love their family, except for Tobias. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, like Tobias mm-hmm. never gets to have love. Tobias never gets special rights. Yes. Like all, all yeah. every single member, except for me, Cassie, actually, mm-hmm. um, gets special rights to. Well, okay, no, actually, including Cassie. Yeah, she can talk to whales. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. that's a different special right. <laughs> but R I T E rights talk to no, whales. Cassie gets the special right to be soft. Yep. But um, right. you know, like it, it, nobody gives Tobias the special right. No, uh, of like you know breaking the rules or bending the rules in order to protect what they care about yes. because they assume right. that Tobias doesn't care about anything. Yes. Right. Oh, he's a bird. He obviously doesn't care. Not only like can yeah. he, does he have no one that loves him. He's incapable of love. So why should we give him like? Well, he's go a species ahead. of one. So who right. gives a shit about him, right? Right. Yeah. But that but he's, he's a bird in their eyes. Of, <laughs> well, there's a there's. Have you ever seen the series Daria? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's scene, been a fat a minute, scene. but yeah. No, but but so so in Daria, there was a very interesting episode that I think kind of related to this, like where some. Uh, kid dies and Daria has this complaint that like everybody is coming up to me and asking and, and saying oh you're always so sad Daria how do you deal with this and Daria says but I'm not sad all, all the time and so but everybody says like you're the sad chick so everybody's coming to me for comfort but I'm not the sad chick I'm just not like them and so the same thing is like going on with Tobias like the, I think um the only other time I can really think, I mean, the only person who really acknowledges and mirrors his feelings in any way is Rachel. She anticipates his needs mm-hmm. to, 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 a, to a wonderful degree. It's but fine, like, Tobias. You're Tobias, used to pain. Well, well here's, why I brought <laughs> yeah. up, here's why I brought up the mother <laughs> corollary early. Because right, right sure, after sure. this, Rachel says, Tobias, don't leave. Rachel climbed the stack of hay bales. She stood on top and rested her chin on my rafter. Stay at my house tonight. You shouldn't be alone. You don't need your mother. I'm here for you. That's why I brought that up. Yeah, but it's a supportive thing. It's not oh a, my, yeah, yes, it's, not, it's, it's not a replacement. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, but the thing, I mean, like, I wouldn't. Uh, so, so I mean, like, the reason why I, I don't, I mean, I guess I, I can see, see what, what you're saying, but uh, for just from, from my own personal self, I feel like it's a bit of a reach, and I'll tell you why. It's, it's because it feels, well, like Nate said, it just feels like it's more of a supportive thing. Like, who, I mean, like, if nobody said anything to buy, to, can, can you imagine, like, okay, so what's the scenario, what's the alternative? Rachel doesn't climb the haystack. She doesn't talk to Tobias. She lets, she says, she lets him go off by himself. I mean, like, can you imagine, like, like how monstrous that would be if nobody did that? I mean, I mean it just, if, like, for, for, like, so your friend is hurting and, or in, in Rachel's case, your boyfriend is hurting. But well, I mean, like, so like, so when Marco says, look, I know what you're thinking, mapping out suicidal missions, right? Blah, blah, blah. He says all of that. And for being that cold, I mean, we all kind of think of like Marco as being a jerk because of like the, the one-sidedness of it. And like, aside from Rachel, nobody is giving Tobias any sympathy. Yeah. And they really? make, they make room for sympathy for themselves because Jake says right after we knew this day would right. come, we've done everything we can to protect our families, to keep them out of this. Now we've got a decision to make, go home, get some sleep. We'll meet back here tomorrow morning and vote. And that's when right. it's like, we get to decide what our families do, but Tobias, we've made the choice for you. Right. Also, right, hey, so you don't need your mom. Hang out with me. And like, here's the thing. I don't think right, Rachel's but, being supportive well, in this. I think that Rachel is going along with the decision of the group yeah. and saying, no, it's okay. Oh, sure. Like, I have this comfortable loft. You don't need to have your mother. Right. You know, and it's not like a replacement. Um, it's not saying I can be your mother. Oh, maybe. It, it's, it's more I of might, a no. like, you know, don't go out. We've already made this decision. Yeah. You don't need I, oh, the don't, mother from McDonald's. This is the mother you have at home. Me, Rachel. Uh, I, mm, I <laughs> I'm stirring the pot I, I with this I, one. You just wanted to make that yeah. joke. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I know. I honestly. I honestly. I don't think I go go along with that. I think. Well, so I think you're right in the in the sense that like to buy that that Rachel's not being uh being supportive in the sense that she that they're not considering. Well, first of all, they haven't considered getting their families out. Apparently, they're voting tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So that, so that has, hasn't, they haven't technically pulled the trigger on that, but he's just found out that his mom is, uh, no, right. He's just, he's just found out that his mom is actually alive and we have Rachel, I think being supportive, like in a different way. Like if, for example, if you're if, like in the sense that like, if you're tying, you know, being supportive of Tobias to being supportive of Tobias going for, for his mom then you're right. She's not, she's not being supportive. I don't think in that sense, but I think she's being supportive in another way. And that, like, she's trying to give Tobias some sympathy over the fact that he just found out that his mom was actually there. He wants to go after her. He can't because it's, it's dangerous. And she's saying, uh, look, just, why don't you just spend some time with me, with me tonight? And I don't see that as like her wanting to be a mom replacement in, in any way. Well, it's it's a replace uh, it's it's a replacement relationship because throughout the entirety of these books, when we find out Marco's mom is Visser One, it's always like we're gonna save her. We'll always save her. You don't have to do this, Marco. We'll save her. Same with Tom and with Tom. But as soon as Tobias right. has someone with save like that can be saved, saving them is not an option. It's another way that Tobias is otherized and pushed well, away. It's you're already broken. You're already yep. a hawk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't need this. We have people that are worth saving. You don't have. To, we don't have to save right. your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
but yeah, no. So I don't, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe, maybe that's just my, that's just my own, my own take on it. I didn't see that as necessarily a, a, a replacement of it, but I don't, I don't know. I would have to be, I don't know. I, I was just kind of read this as Rachel being more sympathetic. I'm, I'm just throwing out my theories. There's no right answer. There is yeah. one right answer. You know what it is? What? Um, Tobias immediately flies to his mom's house. <laughs> well, well, he says that. Well, that's, well, he says a, a human boy would have kissed her. Then mm-hmm. I love that. She says she nodded. I know. I'll leave my window open. I fucking love that. Oh, something a human boy would have kissed her then. And here's the other, the other, the other note that I, that I had on this page. Yeah, he immediately goes to his mother's house. But one last thing I wanted to point out is like when Jake says. Now we've got a decision to make. Go home, get some sleep. We'll meet back here tomorrow morning for a vote. My one note for that says Jake's fatal mistake. Yep. This waiting is what gets is what triggers the the bad things on the line. The the, the, the troubles, as we call them in yeah. Ireland. For what? It, it, you're not. Well, because I, I because I'm I don't want from I don't Ireland. Wanna, you're not. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get a, get ahead of it. So I'm just not saying it. But like that's that's the fatal decision right there. Yes. He's made two. He's made two, but this is the this is the one that's a catalyst for basically everything else. That well, I mean, if on. like I don't want to ruin anything for Nate, but Yehuda, if you look at this decision of Jake where he chooses to wait, it kind of informs some of his decisions later where he doesn't wait for some things. Yeah, you know, democracy he doesn't is work. So, is yeah, what I would say. Well, the thing of it is, like, yeah, no, it, it's absolutely right, and that's and that's the issue. Yeah, and that's the issue. Not it's saying like, anything he, he does is good later in the series or this decision is good. I'm just saying no, this it. this is an inf- oh, I, the people who are listening who are thinking I'm going to defend Jake, which I will not. Like so that, no, you're you're absolutely right. He and, makes two he makes two different kinds of decisions. One where he waits, one where he doesn't wait in this book. And we he, we get to see how he fucks it up both times. Yeah. He's he he's our fuck up boy. But you know who's not a fuck up? Lauren. No. Lauren's not a fuck up. Well, yeah. No, she's a she's literally She's an angel sent from heaven. Unlike she's Ricky a saint. Lee. Yeah, unlike Ricky Lee, who is a fuck. Yeah, Ricky Lee's a little shit who well, runs okay. away from home. Let's be fair. Okay, no, Ricky Lee's mother is a bitch. That's right. Ricky Lee is just wanting independence. Yeah, I get that. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm a Ricky Lee defender. <laughs> we should describe who Ricky Lee is. Yeah. Who's Ricky Lee? <laughs> so Tobias flies to his old house. He thinks his right. uncle's gone. His house been cleaned up. He flies to the address he read on the blood bank machine. It's actually in a You're worse right. a worse neighborhood. <laughs> like everything's no sign of any life form except a scrawny mutt tied to a clothesline three <laughs> houses down my one note for that i've been to this neighborhood i've lived <laughs> yeah in this I've, neighborhood. I've, I've lived in this neighborhood for sure it's like <sighs> neighborhoods where the, yeah. the like you know that the backyard of that house is just a nightmare yes <laughs> oh god yeah so then so then when we got to the to the line uh where he where tobias is like seeing himself in this this ricky lee he could have and been Ricky says, Lee. Remi- yeah, he says, reminded me of, an, uh, of the enlightened and simulating conversations I used to have with my aunt. <laughs> and I, uh, and the note, my note for that was, oh my God, Tobias is the hot poor kid from the wrong side of the tracks like in the, all those 80 movies. <laughs> now I get... Yeah, he's the Rachel's Judd aunt. Nelson. Yeah. And may I also point like, out that yeah. uh, Wheel of Fortune is always seen as a poor person's TV show. And I don't get that. Wheel of Fortune's great. Well, because like it it really, yeah, it shows up all the time. Like in The Simpsons, every time there's like a, a, what is it, Lisa's worst fantasy, like 
living with um, Ralph. Oh, They're watching God. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And here, Ricky Lee I, and the family yeah. are watching Wheel of Fortune. I've seen it elsewhere. It, it shows up a lot, actually. It does. And I, I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> Why oh, do people oh, hate Wheel of Fortune? I will say one of the funny things to me about, about, this, about The Simpsons now in retrospect is that like they were meant to be like poor kind of low low class starting out nowadays you watch oh, the yeah, show they're no. still kind of like meant to be that way but like how the fuck are they affording this house we're like, all frank no times we're all <laughs> this, right well because like th- there's no no way that like they can still be cast as poor so it's like one of those things that has it's like oh yeah well back in my days you could work a blue collar job and own like a 500 or fourteen thousand. Now we're all house, watching like Wheel of Fortune yeah. in our, like, you know, $2,000 rent, uh, 400-foot square apartments. Me want to be, Pat, right. say, Jack. Me want to be. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so then we, yeah, so he finds out she's blind, so... She's not watching Wheel of Fortune. She would be no good at it. No. <laughs> she would... <laughs> she knows the sounds right. of the clicks. She's like, oh, that's a $700. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, the description we get of Lauren is... It's this. I stared at her. She fumbled with her keys, then turned and felt along the edge of the door. She slid the key into the lock and turned it, using her fingers as a guide. She never looked down. She was blind. My mother was blind, if she was my mother. Okay, so she had the same hair I had, and she was thin like me and pale like me, and her long, straight nose looked just like mine. Didn't mean she was my mother. She could be anybody, a friend, a new tenant, a controller. So... Here's a question for y'all. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. ever, like, when you're bored at home, closed your eyes and pretend that you have been you're blind and try to like oh, navigate sure. yeah. your life? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think like uh, uh, I'm always terrified of that aspect. I, I don't know why. Right? Because like, you're ableist. Yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> like when well, I open my eyes, though. I feel power. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I I didn't have anything in mind when I said like it seems significant that you were trying to trick us. <laughs> it's true. No, I mean, like, well, I think like it's important that like she has an out for ignoring Tobias, mm-hmm. right? Um, so so we later learn that she has amnesia. Mm-hmm. She has amnesia. Whoops. She doesn't. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The, the Elmis like gave her the old Men in Black brain wipe. Yeah, he's he stuck his finger in there, turned her brain around, <laughs> took all the bad stuff out, <laughs> left right. none of it, left nothing really. Right, but like you know, I think yeah. she she also just needed to have no excuse to go off and find Tobias because. Like if if she's blind, she she needs to be like blind to the world, right? Because yeah. she actually needs to be a good person for this to work. Yes, and she turns out to yeah. be the most perfect person on the planet. She, like right? she, she's a, she's like a fucking she really is. She works at a place so, called Saint Anne's Crisis Center, taking crisis calls. Yeah, okay. It's in a church. It's in a church. No. Ooh, Saint oh, Anne, yeah. I don't tell me. So Saint Anne is the Virgin Mary's mother in Catholicism. Oh, so I thought that was God. So, <laughs> no, so no, so there's there's uh, the Virgin Mary's mother's name is is traditionally called Saint Anne, and her father is Saint Joaquin. Just putting that out there. Saint Joaquin so has hey, Joaquin. Oh, Joaquin. As in Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, got it. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> uh, so then, Joaquin so, yeah, is so, actually Spanish for red-tailed hawk. Yeah, Hooter knows just to say yep and keep going. Yep, that's the way. That's the way. Yep, that's the way that languages work. So, uh, so, um, so, so, yeah. So, so she's so Saint Anne is the, um, she's the right. So she's the the Virgin Mary's mother, and uh, 
traditionally has certain associations. Um, uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> so, uh, she she's like a, she's the patron of like a bunch of uh, of a bunch of a bunch of countries. But most tellingly, here's what I thought was interesting. So Saint Anne, and this probably goes along with like what what the, what the idea of the crisis center is. But Saint Anne is the patroness of unmarried women. Uh, childless people, children, <laughs> childcare providers, oh, grandparents, and uh, homemakers and housewives, uh, miners. Uh, interestingly enough, so Leah, like if you if you work in a mine, mothers. <laughs> interestingly enough, yeah, she's the, the she's the patron saint of mothers, um, and teachers and pregnancy. And so it's like she's got like all of these associated because it's like she's got all these these motherhood associations because of that. And so we have Tobias's mother working in St. Anne's crisis center. And she's so nice. She won't even kill flies because they're God's creatures too, you know? Yeah, that's, that's right. You get to that. But here's the, here's the funny thing. Here's the sad thing about that. It's like, I remembered, I remembered, oh, she wouldn't even harm a fly. And it reminded me of the, the ending line of the word of the movie Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> they'll see and they'll know and they'll say, oh, she wouldn't even harm a fly. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. We should mention that Lauren's face is horribly disfigured. She's blind. Oh, yeah. And she works she at, had to, yeah. she works yeah, at the she crisis center. And I absolutely love that Lauren is a saint, like a wonderful person. Yes. Because yeah. that beautiful saintly nature is a dagger in Tobias's heart. And because he says this, I inched from my hiding place. Who was this woman? She cared about people in crisis. She cared about her dog. She apparently cared about pesky flies in a church basement, but she didn't care enough about her son to walk eight blocks for a visit. Like that, that hurts as someone who grew up with parents. He wasn't sure that they loved him. Like seeing, Oh, maybe my parent, maybe my parents don't really love me. Maybe they're good people and I'm just unlovable. Maybe I just suck. Well, I mean, if Lauren was a monster, right? Like, mm-hmm. think of the the opposite. If Lauren's a monster, then it makes sense. Like, oh yeah, no, she's obviously an awful person. That's yeah. why she doesn't care about me. And right. we don't have to save her, right? And then, like, so therefore, right. my myself is protected. Like, I, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm unlovable. Right. It's right. that she's a monster. Yeah. But she's actually You're a right. saint. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, she, no, so that I, means I must be awful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. That's why this book hurts yes. so much. And Absolutely. this is the first punch and that you get before the ending punch, which we'll get to. Yeah. Because I want to definitely want to talk about the huh. ending punch. We Would get you with like this. a Hawaiian oh, punch. We, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. We'll <laughs> talk. About it. But that's a, but that's the, that's the thing. It's like when she says they're God's creatures too about the fly thing, the preface to that, just like right, right in the same line, she says, Oh, don't be so hard on them. Like she's concerned about the feelings <laughs> that flies have. Yeah, they have a hard lot. <laughs> right. Dang, missed a man's voice. Flies sure are thick night. And she says, Oh, don't be so hard on them. Lauren's voice, warm, laughing. They're God's creatures to you. Ugh. And like, oh God, I love her so fucking much, but like, it really does, it really does, it really it's does bring up that, like, you know, what is wrong with me? So it, 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 well, I don't think it's, I think it's, 
I, I don't know. I personally love it because I'm, I, I adore that kind of, I, I, I'm a romanticist. So this, I'm a sucker for this, for this kind of. <laughs> the tone's fine. Like, yeah. The tone's all right. I'm uh, just this, like, if I knew yeah. this person, I'd be like, what are you talking about? This room is clearly full of parasites. <laughs> Squish them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, but so, so, so we have that. And then have you ever noticed, I think that like, so, so if you can't relate to it, at least on, on the parent level, there's another thing that I think is very close to it. And that's like when you're dating somebody for a long time, or you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time, they break up with you for what, for whatever reason, like you, uh, and like you still love and care about them, but for whatever reason, they, they weren't in love with you. And then three months later, you find out they're getting married to like your best friend or something like <laughs> that. And you get into this, like, what the fuck was so wrong with me? That they couldn't love me, but they loved somebody else. Like I did, you know. You th- and you start going into like the dark hole of like, you know, I did everything that like I could have done for 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 such and such a person. And it's the same thing here. It's just like, what the hell did I do? What did I do? Right. But it, it's was, so, it's so much what? easier if they get fat and marry an <laughs> ugly person, right? <laughs> Because like, it's like, oh, of course, something's wrong with them. I'm fine. <laughs> right? All my but exes you, are broken. They have bad taste. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> with, with Tobias, it's just like, it's so, it's so much, it's so much different because like his aunt was a, tr- was an awful, terrible human being. His uncle is a terrible human being. So he's just like, yeah, fuck them. I can just go off and be a bird and like that and not worry about it and now but interestingly it, enough he's he's got yo yeah go ahead it's go fine ahead. though because like as soon as that chapter ends we we get a break and we go to a different book yeah yeah you didn't like that okay how about this other book we're good yeah how about tobias takes right. a back seat to cassie coming out to her parents <laughs> Well, so chapter, right? chapter 14, they take the vote. They're like, okay, yeah. we, you know, this has gone on long enough. Yeah. They'll get us. One of the Mr. King, the Chi, shows up and like, all right, we're going to do this. And like, we're going to do this. And we get a uh, we get a fun little scene where Cassie's like, hey, mom, uh, check out this cool bird I found. <laughs> no, oh, like, yeah, the bird starts talking to, to, to him first. And like, okay, yeah, I definitely didn't hear that. It'll be easier, though, because I love this. Cassie says, my parents are scientists, <laughs> which is true. I just never think of veterinarians yeah. as scientists, but yeah, they, they totally are scientists. They are, yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but like also, also there's, there's a moment where they have like a, you know, five, a 5G moment. Like, oh, I wonder if like, you know, it's like radiation or whatever that's <laughs> yeah. doing this. I'm like, well, that's uh, important okay. thing to keep in mind too is just because they're scientists doesn't mean that they don't have dumb ideas. Yes, a lot of people that uh, are scientists can be very dumb. <laughs> right, it's true. You, yeah. you know, uh, Ben Carson, I always like to bring it up. He is a very qualified and skilled brain yeah. surgeon. Yeah, I, I work <laughs> with some very, I work with a very smart, competent doctor who put all of his retirement into Tesla stock. <laughs> so it's like, right. Oh, okay. All right. So they, so they, right. So they take, they all take a, a vote in the barn and Jake says, I vote. Yes. But Jake looked at us. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Tom. Yeah. It wasn't a question. Oh yeah, sure. It's not a question. Yeah. Uh, first of all, and he goes on. I know it's a risk. Yeah. It's a huge fucking risk, but says Jake, but I think it's a containable risk. My parents won't leave him behind. I won't leave him behind. So as long as everybody understands that, I vote yes. That's Jake's fuck you to everybody else. I'm getting my... Fuck you specifically at Tobias. Yes, fuck you, Tobias. (laughs) I get everyone. (laughs) 
and at this at this point like i just like like if i were doing my uh like an mst3k where you like riff on the book at this point i would have added in something like at this point tobias specifically looked at me and said fuck you tobias and your mother too i hope she dies so the second he said this so the second jake said this i personally had my suspicions and this is this is my recollection of like re- reading the first time because obviously i knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. because i've read this before so i'm recollecting my reaction having read this the first time like back in my teenage years so the second he said this i had my sequence suspicions at this point his parents are headed out with tom of all people right. and they're planning on being alone with him today and i'm just like i, I they have I, one year I, to I retirement that. yeah <laughs> Right. And, and so I like, I read that and I'm like, Jake, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, I mean, I was too nice a teen to actually think the word fucking, but I'm just like, God damn it, Jake, what is wrong? He's, I mean, I, he's you ignorant see it from space that like there's something's up. I think he's blissfully ignorant and we see he's in denial. I would say, because yes. we see more of that, that, that wall of denial come up later. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, let's get back to Cassie. So yeah, that's like all of, so yeah, then Tobias, he puts in that, he, he, puts in there tobias jake looked up at me you haven't voted he says i fucking love tobias he says we get them out i said all of them all of them that, mm-hmm. but i'm not sure jake understood me here's what i'll say to that but i'm not sure jake understood me i don't think jake wants to understand yes tobias uh jake is choosing not to understand him it's it's the sort of leadership rule where like if you don't say something plainly you can go ahead and assume that they meant something that they meant it your way so that you can justify you know getting pissed off about it later that's how it comes across to me it's like where you know that there's like a double meaning here but you're choosing not to see it don't ask me and i won't tell you (laughs) right (laughs) and then jake's gonna get pissed off at him later probably yeah so we get this yeah. we we, I, I we do all of this like sequence of chapters like i really do so they do the vote mm-hmm. they decide that they're getting their everyone's out yeah everyone's out everyone's uh going to hork valley yep and like the, the sequence of saving parents is is so good is yeah it's so i love it so they start with cassie's parents um tobias flies up and says i'm a talking hawk squawk 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 <laughs> yeah well here's the th- yeah here yeah I love, I thought, yeah, I love, I love this thing. But that's another thing that got me is like when Jake says, we'll get my parents last, that was a huge mistake too. They should have gotten his first because if there's any genetic link, it's going to be first Jake to Tom. That's the first link, mm-hmm. right? Now they have their, because they just said, oh, they have our DNA all over the place, which first of all, they need to have somebody to match it to. And they do, they can match it to Tom. So Tom is going to be the link there. And they're not thinking about that. So they should have gotten Tom, like all of them out first because that. Well, I, th- I think it's like a, a, like, you know, the leader is the first one to, to leave. Right. Like that. I think that's the motivation there is like, you know, as, yeah. as a leader, I must you know, down with the ship, me last or whatever. Well, yeah, that's kinda, it. That's, it. that's exactly yeah. what he's trying to do. But it's so, but it's, it's what, it's what ends up getting his pick, his parents captured. So he, they should have gone for him first. Then of course the genetic link, the next one over is going to be Rachel. So should they get her out second? If they get, both of them out quickly which they could have done apparently they had time to do it we find out because they did cassie first and rachel's in the middle so it doesn't matter which one they do first if they do jake first or cassie first rachel's in the middle they get her family out so they could have gotten jake's family out first i mean if if we really want to dig into it why not just do it all at the same time 
Like, why? Well, because they, because because they would have been too spread out. I think first of all that I think that like getting Tom is like a huge thing. So neutralizing Tom, if you're if this is the strategy you're going with, is going to be the is going to be the big thing. Then because nobody in Rachel's family are controllers, so Tom is the liability. So you go with go with him with everybody. You neutralize Tom. You take them to the Horkwood Deer Valley. Then you can very easily deal with Rachel's family like like they do. In, in, in sequence and then cassie's family is the easiest one that's the easiest one to do because it's just two people you just go in there you get them out yeah but you gotta and save cassie's dad first because he's the best character in animorphs that's right he needs he needs to be saved <laughs> protect protect wallace wallace walter walter <laughs> where's wallace where's walter <laughs> where's wallace mr three richard or richard no mm. sorry walter no mm-hmm. so that's a different book no but so for this one no yeah so for uh, absolutely and plus the, the thing of the fact of the matter is is that um this this book obviously has a, has a narrative plot point that it needs to get to, and that is that Jake's family has to get captured. Yes. that's what has to happen. So, so this is all predetermined. So, I mean, like it's it's again that that situation where like you're making the characters. A they're, little... they're they're reading the script, you know. Yeah, they have yeah, to they're, they're they're have to the hit script. certain plot points, and so they're doing things outside mm-hmm. of character. Plus, plus uh, out of character, and I think it's probably I I like to justify it with a little bit of. Uh, well, it's that, it's that dramatic irony where the audience, we all know what the fuck's going to happen, but like nobody else does. And I'm sorry, Nate, uh, or not Nate, Tyler, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't really mind the order so much because I think this yeah, chapter fits okay. where it is. It No, it's oh, not. Sure. it doesn't make the most sense, but it does give us a couple chapters of levity before everything gets dark. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Right, that's because true. like that's th- 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 this scene is funny, very funny, right? Like I, I was into oh, yeah. like you know uh, Tobias Fine as a bird, mm-hmm. announcing himself as a talking magical hawk. Yes, <laughs> and then morphing into a oh, boy yeah. in front of uh, Cassie's mom, uh, and she's like right. wraps him up into like in a sheet, and it's like, oh, this bird is very sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, my bird is sick. Don't Cassie, stay away. <laughs> this what, bird is that's sick. One of the things that oh, when I read that, I fucking loved Cassie's mom. Yeah, and then she's like, she's not even, she's not even, she's, she's like, like, um, like, and on the one hand, you know, protecting Cassie, but like on the other hand, she's concerned for Tobias. Yes, there's she's like, oh my god, this poor bird. There's there, something. Get, get your, get your, get your dad. We need to, we need to fix this shit. This, the, bring him into surgery. There's the thematic oh. significance of Cassie's mom trying to protect Cassie. Right. That's when Dad comes out and they bring out Axe. And he's like, uh, oh, yeah. this this is all fucked up, but yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah. who the fuck has been living in our barn? Right, yeah. Like, how many people are living yeah. in our barn? And <laughs> I loved it because I, Cassie's mom's like starts rubbing Axe's ass. Like, ooh, look at this, look at this guy. He's thick. Oh, he's strong. Oh, Got yeah. strong haunches. Oh, yeah. Right. Amazing. Cassie's mom reached out and ran her hand across the blue fur on Axe's. Mom, Cassie snatched her mother's hand. Would you play with Jake's butt? Of course not. Then quit playing with axes. But make me. <laughs> yeah. Come over here and make me. And, and like, we get, I would say the axe maybe doesn't have that hang up, you yes. know? He's I an mean, alien. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't know what We don't know doing. what Andalites do with their butts. Right. But at, uh, Cassie's parents are not super concerned because it's not real for them yet. And yeah. so the chi makes it real for them. The chi comes in, he turns off his hologram, and he projects an image of Cassie being gunned down. Like, that's oh, it's yeah. like, you don't yeah. understand this is serious. And that's when it clicks for Cassie's parents, and they say, all right, let's go. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah, they're right, in. Right, it's like, nothing more, just let's go. Yeah, that's it. And 
and the other thing that, that, that I, I want to say, oh God, I fucking, like these chapters are packed. There's like something to talk about on every page. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, I love the, that, um, that Walter and Cassie's mom both, I, I, I just said like, it's not the coffee, Walter. Like they both thought for a moment <laughs> yeah. that it was switching to decaf. <laughs> like and, here's the thing, they, uh, like, they do drugs. Cassie's parents do all kinds of they drugs. They do drugs, right? Yeah. And like maybe they're um, one, yeah. yeah, maybe they're wondering like, wait, is this? Do we make special coffee? Right. <laughs> Casmo, do we do a special coffee? Because like they live in the woods, they're vets. They seem yeah. to be very in yeah. tune with nature. Yes, they're doing drugs. Anyways, but that's what. Yeah, absolutely. But no, that's what that's what got me. Was there's like they are so fucking well matched is what is what all I want to say there. Yeah, and they yeah, immediately they start comforting Cassie. Cassie's mom says, "Baby, oh my baby." Why didn't you tell us, Cassie? We could have helped. And she's like, I wanted to keep you safe for as long as possible. So it's like Tobias is watching this perfect mother and they're child the, love. They're the perfect family, yes. right? right? Like out of all of them, like they, the, Cassie's family is the most stable environment. Yes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I love that. You're like, you could, I could have, it could have, it could have been more, more cheesy. It's just like, oh, my poor baby. I'm so sorry you didn't go through all of this alone. Oh, sorry, mom. I love you. And then just like a warm hug and like a family <laughs> right. hug. Rachel, like, God fucking damn it. Rachel's yeah. goes much smoother because she's like, that's not going to work. Let's just grab him. <laughs> Logic and reason won't work here, Rachel coached. My mom's a lawyer. There's no arguing with her. She'll win. <laughs> right. Yeah, whether she's right or yeah. not, we just have to do what we came for. So Jake goes yeah. in there. Uh, Rachel turns into a bear into the other room. Axe, a grizzly bear more. Yeah, Axe is there. And then the bear comes in and Rachel's mom's like, no, I got to save my kids and throws a spice rack at Rachel as a bear. Right. And Tobias watches another oh God, mother, like another mother yeah. trying to save her kids. And Rachel's like, no, this is me, mom. We got to get the hell out of here. You're not going to kill me with bay leaves. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and I, I love just a little bit where it's like, Axe, come in here. And <laughs> Rachel's sister rides is riding oh, Axe. And he's like, these children are calling me a Pokemon, despite being very swift. <laughs> right. I have told them I am an Andalite, and I'm actually quite swift, but they insist they need to train me. Like, the only thing I wrote at that point was like, how old are these kids? <laughs> right. Because like that, like I, that's just that just got they, me. They're totally uh, like, cool with right. an alien show. Yeah, and well, right, it gets they can be they can be cool with them, but like there's no fucking way that like these kids are young enough to think, oh yeah, that's a Pokemon. It, I don't think. I mean, maybe, but it it gets called out narratively when the author says children are better at adapting and being resilient well, than the parents because you know yeah, parents parents just don't understand. I mean, the thing about these chapters is like they should have been books. They're, they're being ironed out for yes. this reason uh-huh. because yeah. that this is the whole interaction with Rachel's family. Shove them in the car. Mm-hmm. I'll drive. I'll make her drive away. I'm a bear. Yeah. And like, that's the whole chat. That's the escape of Rachel's family. That could oh, be yes. a whole book by itself. This should yes. have been, should this, should, should this have been, I wonder now, should this have been a Megamorphs book? Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. It, it, it's written yeah. as one because like, what's Tobias doing in this situation? Yeah. Right? To, like Tobias it doesn't, it should have been, Tobias right. doesn't even mention like I'm watching mothers save children like not really not like that yeah, could like, have been hit yeah do they break first person because it feels like it a little bit no right? I mean honestly th- this could have been handled more deftly if for these chapters it was just each character going to get their parents like this is Rachel's chapter this is Cassie's chapter 
Like, they, right? They seemed fine with it when they were going back to the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because here's the thing. Oh, God. No, 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 no. 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 no so, I, yeah, so, so, no, but so, so here's the thing. Like, they should have been absolutely more deftly because, like, you, Tobias doesn't need to be here for this. No. I mean, clearly. I mean, like, they was just right now. So, it could have been a Rachel chapter if it were a Megamorphs book to just, like, switch to Rachel's perspective. Tobias is off doing, you know, whatever he's doing. But, um, but I think, I think actually for, I mean, strategically speaking, like if I'm thinking about this in terms of strategy, it probably is strategically good to keep Tobias close by. You don't want him being on his own. Um, and in fact, you wouldn't want, I, I would say you probably wouldn't want any of the animals to be alone at this moment because everybody's so fucking vulnerable. Um, so it's strategically nice to keep everybody close together. However, this did not need to be a Tobias chapter. It would, it would have been, uh, it should have been a Rachel chapter. If it were a mega boss, we could have done. It's just, eh, they're good, but not for this book. And that's fine. That's okay though. Chapter 18, we, we get a strong Tobias perspective in chapter 18 and 19. I can tell you that. Yeah. Fucking finally, (laughs) fucking finally. No, we really don't. We really don't. It's just Jake. Yeah. We, we take Tom first. Jake said, no explanation, no discussion. Just grab him. Give him zero time to react. It shouldn't be hard. He can't fight all three of us. Once we have Tom, my parents will come willingly. They won't let us kidnap Tom without them. Of course they wouldn't. They'd risk everything to save him. That's what parents did. But that's okay, not yes. what happened because have, Jake's stupid. Right. So we have like Jake's comment. We have Jake's monologue and then Tobias's commentary. Yes. On it. it's just of like, course they wouldn't. They'd risk... Yeah, and we get like Jake's parents and Tom are coming in their Lexus. They've got two SUVs following them, and they oh, realize, yeah. "Oh fuck, oh fuck!" And then Jake's like, "No, oh, no, God. it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." They're fine. They, oh, they, yeah. they just went shopping. Yeah, they went lawnmower shopping. They just shopping. went lawnmower shopping, and they do it all the Tobias time. Tobias and acts oh, like, "No, dude, that's yeah. probably not." No, they do that. They're boring as hell. <laughs> he said, "Jake says they'll be home." Jake dribbled back up the drive toward the basketball hoop mounted above the garage door. It'll take my dad a while to decide on a lawnmower. Like he's playing basketball. Yeah, trying to not think oh about it. Lawnmower. I no, repeated. Yeah. Now, now Nate. Nate. That's dissociation. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> he does that's love basketball. <laughs> Well, that's 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 not, but that's like that's dissociation. It's like you know, um, it's it's literally like you know, oh, I wet the bed and like I'm changing the sheets and trying to pretend that that's not the case. And you know, when you wake up in the morning, you forget that that ever happened. You start referring to yourself in the third person. You know that stuff, things that go on. But yeah, that's that's something that got me. So Eric was waiting for us. Uh, actually, so then I guess it really wouldn't have mattered. No. Eric was waiting for us. Nobody's home. He told uh, nobody's home. He told us, "I came here right after you called, and the house was empty. I haven't seen a soul since." So yeah, just my one note for that was, uh, I remember when I was first reading this, the the, the second Eric said this, I knew exactly what was, what was going to happen and what had happened by this point in the book. Like you just like. I was a little sus at the beginning and saying, oh, it's creeping up on me. But then like the second Eric said that, I was like, okay, I know what's I know what the what the deal is. Yeah. And, and then so Tobias Jake says, Yeah, I thought they'd be home by now. And I'm like, come on, Jake, think, don't be a dumbass. That's I'm just God. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's quiet. A little too quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, you've seen those movies, yeah. Jake. You know what's oh, going look, on. Here comes Tom and my parents. Yeah, a little too Tom and my parents. I got nothing. 
But uh, Tobias sort of is like, all right, I know what to do. I'll fly right in front of them. That's when Jake's mom starts blasting. Yeah, right. She he sees the he sees the dracon beam. Yeah, yeah he sees the dracon beam. Tom gets a little Jake, pissed. It's like you're yeah, doing this too yeah, early. They yeah. can get away. <laughs> right. Jake's mom leaned from the car. She turned, aimed. I swept toward the side, the sky. I could see Tom through the rear window. He reached over the back seat, slapped the dracon beam from his mother's hand. It bounced across the pavement. Tzew, a black scar ripped across the front of Jake's house. It seemed like an omen. That's when they realized they got to run, and Jake. Does the one cool thing that Jake does or that he intentionally morphs in front of his parents to give them hope. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's a nice little give bit. Give them hope or give the Yerks in their head the bird. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Is, it is a big yeah. fuck you to like, okay, you found me, but you're not gonna catch me. Yes. Like you your yeah. parent like my family is not going to be leverage. I'm out. Yeah. Right? Like I, I didn't see that so much as like a um yeah. a, a, a way of uh, would you say Tyler? What would- like it's him. Like in the book, Jake says, "I did that so the Yerks, so my parents down in there knew that there was hope that I would come for them." I mean, I, I don't buy that. Like, it, yeah, you know, like uh, that's, the final. So apparently, that's yeah. that's Tobias. Here's the funny thing: that's Tobias reading into Jake's mind. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is Jake's book at this that's point. A, so this is so, so that's so, that's so funny. It's like, oh, really? I didn't know that. You know. uh, Tobias could read minds? No, I don't know. They didn't teach me that at mind reading school. Well, and also, like, whatever, Tobias <laughs> and Jake are not good friends. Yeah. Right. Right? Like, why is, you know... It- so how, do, how, how does he know? How does... Uh, but Tobias has this insight because it's a Jake book and we need to get uh, Jake's perspective read from Tobias's perspective. So, I mean, like, there, there are two ways to read this. Um, or no. I mean, like, what, what... Yeah, there are two... There are at least two ways to read this. One is that, like... Uh, because this this is a this is a curated what we would call a curated perspective because this is to bias. No, Jake says it. About Jake. Jake says it. He says, oh. in full view of his family, Jake morphed to Peregrine Falcon. His body shrank. Arms became wings. Feet become talons. This is for them. Right. His thought speak was a whisper for my real family to give them hope and finally the truth, and for their Yurk captors oh. to give them warning. Oh, so it's that, both. It's that, like here's sure. hope and okay, a yeah. fuck you. <laughs> Right, but yeah. also oh, it's, it's like when when Jake morphed Wolf to call Tom from Book Six. It's like that's that's that evolution, I suppose. So, so, so that's that's what gets me. It's like this this is obviously this is obviously something that belongs in a in a Jake uh, book. It, it, yeah, it, how does this develop Tobias's character? Well, it doesn't. No, not only not only does it not belong does it belong in a in a Jake book, but this is obviously an internal monologue that Jake should have been had with himself. Like I'm doing this for them, but he says it out loud because if he doesn't say it out loud, how can we justify the audience knowing this? Right. How can we justify the bias knowing You this? know, Jake so is ha- so good at sharing his feelings and talking about things. Right? All of <laughs> a sudden Tobias. he does because, yeah. this, because we need to get that. We need to get that. We need to get that narrative thing out. Oh yeah. So uh, we need to get that narrative perspective out. So the, the one commentary that I had on like, you know, the black scar ripped across the front of this house seemed like an omen. It was obviously, or at least it seemed obvious to me, it was a call back to uh, the fall of the House of Usher, which is a, a short story by Edgar Allan Poe, if you've ever uh, read it. But it's just about, um, there's this, you know, this, the la- this, this house of, uh, you know, these people that, right, so... And part of the house is that the house is split in two. There's a crack that runs through, through the house. This symbolic, romantically symbolic of like the, it's a, it's a gothic 
story about like, oh, how all these people are so troubled and well, like, you can just, it, yeah. Well, can read well, so, well so this is like, my confession. I've never read The right. House of Usher. Get it? That's a song, Usher. Okay. This is my confession. Never mind. Is that Usher? Watch this. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side. So oh, I love that song. <laughs> that, that's, that's Usher, and it's also a really good... Um, uh, Weird Al did an amazing parody of Confessions Part 3, which is just the best, <laughs> the best song. If you've ever heard if you've never heard it, you gotta listen to it. Confessions Part 3 by Weird Al. Here's, here's how the author tries to fix this, though. Right, because right, like so. it, it feels like a Jake book, but, but... Give me a page number, page number, please. Uh, I, I'm on the Kindle, I do not have page numbers. It's at the very end of I'm chapter 20. Um, where, uh, oh, no, I, I have a Kindle, but my Kindle has page numbers. Very end of chapter 20. Uh, so, yeah, I... Got it? Uh, what a one. Yeah, I do have page numbers. Oh, 101. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you should. I was. Oh, there. Yeah. Oh, God. My whole page 101 is highlighted. Right. And, and the reason why is <laughs> well, like no. they, they try to like change this moment into a moment for Tobias because to, uh, Jake is turning into Tobias. Right. Yes. The, the idea here is oh, that obviously. like, you know, Jake lost his family and, and now as a bird is freaking out and mm-hmm. trying to has, has no well, care s- in his life. Right. He, yeah. He's willing well, to throw exactly his life away. At the end. I mean, like, it's just like, in case it wasn't obvious to you, this is what we're doing. And I'm going to say it at the end that like, oh, we switch places. I mean, like, we, we get it, book. We get it. <laughs> Right, but like that's but that's so, yeah, still so, about so Jake. But like you know, the, the, I think the yeah. reason why this yeah. is here is because like, oh wait, this is a Tobias. Yeah, this we is need, we need this to like relate to Tobias in a way. So like, oh, Jake has been brought low as low as Tobias is. <laughs> yeah, and I also kind of hate how at the end of chapter nineteen, uh, Tobias says, "I peeled off." He says, "I need to hunt." I said, "Catch up with you later." I peeled off and soared toward my meadow. Jake and Axe disappeared over the bridge. I banked and flew yeah, into the city. You, Jake. Where it's like. Dude, no, this is the part where you say, now it's time to get my family. Don't fucking, like, it's it's weak. It's weak bullshit. It's fine. Right. Doesn't matter. Well, Tobias never even owns yes. up, but he flies to Lawrence. We're just going to keep moving oh, along. Yeah. And he notices oh, okay. there are some people outside Lawrence's house now. Hmm. There's an old lady walking oh. back and forth with her shopping cart. Yeah. There's a punk. A bad lady. Yeah, a bad yeah. lady. There's a punk listening to his boombox staring intently at her house. Yeah. There's a van that's been made to look old. Were there boomboxes in like the 2000s where people like walking around with like jam boxes? No, we had disc mans. Uh, <laughs> like, I had a disc man. Yeah. So, wait, so in your version, it says he has a boombox? Is it a boombox? I, I pictured I, a boombox. I, I, I may have inserted that it in my head. On the next. On the next corner, a teenager lounged at the at a bus stop. He tried to look casual, jamming on his CD. Ah. No, so we fucked it. Yeah, no. Okay, the, the like, book was time accurate. But like, <laughs> yeah. But Lauren and Champ God, come yeah. out of the house. Remember buffering? God, that was <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> CDs were garbage. Oh, I fucking hated that. Uh, yeah, awful. So Anyways. Lauren and Champ come out of the house. They're heading down mm-hmm. to the 7-Eleven to gro- grocery shopping. And that's when Marco and Axe shows up. He says, the dog, man, the dog's your ticket. Then Tobias realizes his family's here to help him. Not his family. His scoop crew. Yeah, the scoop crew. Axe and Marco. Like, because, like, you know, it's it's always Axe and Marco, right? Because Marco knows, you know, kind of what's going on. Yeah, now Marco's on the outside as well. He's like, oh, now I know what it feels like. Right. He's part of the scoop. He lives in a scoop, you know? Uh, and Axe is away from home. Like, they're they're, they're the the cool kids, to be honest. There was... (laughs) There's an interesting, there's an interesting thing that that that, that occurred to me. Remember, I think this was 
possibly book five. No, no, it couldn't have been book five. It was a, it was a Tobias book, so it was probably book three. It's that moment where, like, uh, they're worried about their having possibly uh, exceeded the two-hour time limit. And Marco gives Tobias a look when he's demorphing of, mm-hmm. like, just, like... Yeah, that's book three. Please, yeah. God, don't let me be like you. That's yeah. And so there's that moment. And so now I'm wondering... I'm wondering how, J- I'm wondering how Jake is going to look at Tobias. Like, please, dear God. Like, <laughs> all this time, Jake had the privilege of his, uh, of his family. And really kind of, I want to say, looking down on Tobias for, you know, like, at least I'm not like you. And or not I'm considering him. you in every way. Well, why is he need to consider him? Because it's, he, he's disgusted with Tobias, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like he, Tobias isn't considered in this book is because, you know, it's his greatest fear. It's a lot mm-hmm. of their greatest fears is Tobias right. now that yes. I think about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it's all, they all close up and meet in Tobias. So that's but like what, that's, what I love about the scoop crew is that like the, the those yeah. are all people that have come to accept their worst nightmares. Yeah, they're all <laughs> living the end of yeah, their life. Good. Yeah. Or, or yeah, like, well, here's the, yeah. there's a, there's a lot. If I can, if I can bring bring something in really quick, there's a so there's a uh, another short story by Flannery O'Connor called uh, uh, "A Good Man Is Hard to Find." And at the end of, of the novel, somebody makes a comment of like, "She would have been a good woman if if there'd been somebody around to shoot her all her life." <laughs> and so what? It's a good line. Yeah. And I, it was it's it's a it's a phenomenal line. He just finished killing this one. He's like, "She would she was a terrible woman." The rest of the book. Uh, or uh, the rest of the short story, she says. He says at the end, she would have been a good woman if there'd been somebody, somebody to stand around and shoot her oh. all her life. And that's one of the things that, like, that that I'm bringing into to bear on this because when we see Marco's sympathy for for Tobias, it took Marco basically <laughs> having to lose a bunch of his shit and like move <laughs> off and like give up his old life and live in the fucking woods for for him to. I think really come to start to appreciate Tobias's position. It's like Marco had to have this happen to him in order for him to get it, even a glimmer or a glimpse into, into Tobias's situation. Yeah. I mean, but uh, it, it, yeah, it, and even he's doing then, learning. Even <laughs> yeah. Then he's, yeah, and, and even then, even then, as we just read in the beginning of the novel, he's still, sa- he's still saying, uh, by the way, Tobias, I know what you're thinking, but don't go after your mom, right. even though that's what I do. She's like, and so now I guess apparently he's okay with it. He's like, yeah, you know what? Jake told us to go after you. Yeah, it's, it's like, like once the once the tide is turned, you kind of just got to go with it. So it's like we're well, going. And like, I mean, Jake's also, like, suicidal. He's dive bombing shit, but yeah, that's fine. We'll just leave him. Yeah, and like, him. yeah, like here's the thing: we don't know what's going on so Marco's head during like the last couple of days. Maybe he was thinking about some things and coming to some realizations. Right. Right. So like, it, doing lots of thinking and some self reflection, and sure, you know, maybe yeah. go to a. <laughs> Marco a program or two. Marco <laughs> was called in. He wasn't called out. <laughs> they they fixed it all. But oh, that is that is a fair point. That Marco had to be told by Jake to go. That is yeah. Point. So, but let's go back to Lauren and Champ, who are making their way to Seven Eleven. Marco and Axe. It's like all right, we're gonna get the dog. The dog is our plan. That's right. And their plan involves being the worst gang members ever. And I absolutely love chapter 21 because there's just some guy working the loan. He's the loan cashier at the 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Axe sidled up to him. Do not worry, he said. We are irresponsible teenage hoodlums, possibly gang members, but you are not in any danger. 
The guy gave him a stare. Uh, he's a he's a, from a gang from out of town. Marco grabbed Axe's shirt and pulled him toward the back of the store. Smooth, Axe, man. That'll look real convincing on the security tapes. And then they go about, like, <laughs> Axe's idea of juvenile delinquency is wonderful. He's moving stuff around. He's knocking stuff over. Lauren has no care in the world. And that's when I like this little bit. Axe says, she does not seem to be afraid of us. She's probably been through worse, I said tightly. Ah, Axe nodded. She does not understand how menacing we are. He tapped her on the shoulder. You do not know me, he said, but I am a juvenile delinquent. I do not trust authority figures. I probably will not graduate from high school. And statistics say my rowdiness and vandalism will likely lead to more serious crimes. I am a dangerous fellow and I am causing mayhem in this store. He reached behind her and pulled three jars of baby food from the top shelf, shoved them behind a box of macaroni, shuffled the cheese whiz in front of the marshmallow fluff, tossed a bag of ladies shavers into a bag of hamburger buns. There, I have now shamelessly destroyed the symmetry of the shelf, undoing hours of labor by underpaid store employees. If you could see me, you, son of a you would be frightened. <laughs> like, God damn I, this is like a beautiful usage of Axe. And he's describing it to her because she knows that she's blind. Yes. <laughs> if you could see me, you would be scared. <laughs> like, I love that little bit. One, because, I mean, that's funny writing. It's and also, funny. two, Axe recognizes that cashiers are underpaid and you're destroying their labor when you fuck with their shit. So don't fuck with their shit. Right. Don't just leave shit yeah, in the store. Exactly. If you pick up an item and you just set it somewhere, someone has to clean that up. Someone has to take care of that. Don't do that. What if you're a juvenile delinquent? You don't care. Well, then I can't stop that. Like, learn to grow like Marco. <laughs> but right? don't just leave shit in the store. Like, you grab something from a refrigerated area and you just leave it on the shelf. You're a fucking asshole. You don't put your cart back, you're a fucking asshole. You are. You are. Oh, gosh. And I had something for, for this, too. I thought it was really interesting. Um... So, so like with the, yeah. So this is all, yeah. There's that. There's a moment. Oh God! It really, it really. Oh, I thought it was so sweet. So, so Tobias says, uh, "Isn't that sweet?" I jerked the basket from her hand. She's buying us a little snack. I slid the milk out of her basket and replaced it with a fresh cork from the cooler. <laughs> yeah, the milk was expired. It was three days expired. And I'm just like, oh my god, he still feels the need to take care of his mom. <laughs> it's it's a nice little moment, which it's really a shame he then They're steals really... her dog. <laughs> right. So they she just she's putting up no resistance to it. I'm just like, oh my god, she's a fucking yeah, well, so she's, she's a been so... she's been through worse. Yeah. So she oh, she yeah. steals the dog, or they ask Marco and Tobias steal the dog. They all acquire the dog. Right. Tobias acquires the dog, morphs the dog. And goes back. Goes back as a guide dog. Well, he's not very good at it. No, he sucks at it first. Uh, like, you know, because, like, he's he knows forward. Like, he knows the commands. But then he, like, jerks forward and, yes. like, knocks her Launches off balance. <laughs> right? She, like, steps like, on him because... And then he trips her. He's not consistent. Yeah. So I think it's time that we learn a little something about guard dogs oh. and guide dogs. Ooh, in yes. this here saucy segment of... Animal facts. Animal facts. Animal facts. Animal facts. Prince Jake and Cassie, Tobias and Axe, Rachel and Marco, the bandits are here. They 
animal facts Fuck all the yurts Marco's mom is a bitch Animal facts Animal facts, animal facts. So, you know, we thought Hmm this guide dog, German Shepherd, we could do just boilerplate normal German Shepherd facts, but we're going to well, go the Animorph in time extra mile. That's right. So okay. uh, let me do this and I'm doing the animal facts. I just wanted to explain. <laughs> That's nice <laughs> of you to explain. Uh, so we're going to start with some guide dog facts. Guide dog facts. Let's right, go. So let, let's learn about guide dogs. Um, you know, like guide dogs, they're they're trained specialists. Mm-hmm. You can't just go out and pick up a guide dog. Right. Uh, various breeds won't work. Mm-hmm. You can't have a guide dog be a pug. Mm-hmm. That'd be uh, all sorts of problems. Yes. Right. So usually you find golden retrievers or um, you know, German shepherds, which uh, we know that Champ in this book is a German shepherd. Um. So mm-hmm. this dates this book because they actually stopped using German shepherds. Right. Um, right around, well, uh, 2013, they actually stopped using German Shepherds for guide dogs. Oh. Because a study found. Why? Well, uh, here, I shall read from the Wikipedia page. I know, you're about to say it. An experiment in testing temperament from a group of Labrador retrievers and German Shepherds showed that retrievers scored higher on average in emotional stability, the ability to recover promptly from frightening <laughs> situations, cooperative behavior, and friendliness, while German Shepherds were superior in aggression and defensive behavior. <laughs> Oh, sure. So, I mean, like, you know, like, hey, listen, the dogs usually affect their owners. German shepherds are... They're usually sweetie pies. German shepherds... But, but... But... They're very good at biting. (laughs) Very good at it. So, but much like uh, Champ, the uh, dog from the White House that Mm -hmm. um, went to upstate after biting several guards at the White House. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the German shepherds, they get a little bitey sometimes. They do. Um, so let's learn more about... I call the big one Bitey. <laughs> we do call the big <laughs> one Bitey. Uh, guide dogs date back to the uh, 13th century. Um, you know, they were found on uh, various paintings, and uh, apparently a Chinese scroll described using a guide dog for, okay. for getting around oh. objects. Um, guide dogs are, are trained to move around obstacles, right? But they're also trained to, like, be have a heightness awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not just... Oh, you know, I can go forward under this box because it's safe. It, it's like, oh, the person behind me cannot go under this, or like, I need to look out for tree branches, mm-hmm. need to look out for all sorts of things. So they, they kind of know to like, right, right, you know, consider their owner's height. Um, right. They also uh, guide dogs are trained to display intelligent disobedience, right? Because which is a hard thing right, to do, right? They have yeah. to like stop their owner from walking to a street yes. or stop their owner from Mr. Magooing their way onto like a mm-hmm. that seems mean to blind people. I shouldn't call them Mr. Magoos. But <laughs> like walking onto like, you know, uh you use the M slur <laughs> for blind people. <laughs> I apologize. I made a mistake. I'm doing learning. M asterisk G O O God damn you Nate. I know, it's true. Uh, do better. But you know what like it, it's fine though because I'm showing intelligent disobedience. <laughs> I will continue to say Mr. Magoo. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, so guide dogs are very smart. Uh, about like um, 70% fail out of guide dog school. Mm-hmm. They just don't make it. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, because like some dogs, they're just assholes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and like it's because like being being able to train some, uh, like like somebody to a dog to like disobey um go against their very when, nature like it, it, <laughs> mm-hmm. right it does i mean like if you're 
it's like you can't tr- it's like training a dog to disobey and to obey at the same time right like that that's confusing that, yeah. yeah um so i don't blame the dog yeah so let, i'm gonna pivot a little bit to german shepherds uh they're not all bad yeah. mm-hmm. not all german shepherds <laughs> uh german shepherds uh, uh, a german shepherd named rambo sacrificed his life sharing an electrical charge with an owner hit by lightning oh. july 2015 oh. incredible um so a dog named rambo gave up his life when he saw that his owner a hiker was abruptly hit by lightning <laughs> And so apparently this dog went up and, and like grabbed his owner and took some of the electrical electrical charge and he died. <laughs> he was a good boy. Which, oh yeah. God, that's I mean, so sad. The motivation that's for that so dog sad. was not probably I'm saving my owner's life. It was probably like, what's going on? Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Let's go. Zap. Um, same story for another German Shepherd that took a bullet. So to, uh, a German Shepherd uh, knocked over a little girl and took three bullets <laughs> for a little girl. Just like dove in the way, uh, the body out style. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when we think of German Shepherds, I tend to think of police dogs. Yes. So I would like to uh, name some heroes that have died in the line of duty. <laughs> okay. Uh, here we so, go. Right. Because like, you know, they're, they're heroic dogs and, and they deserve to be remembered. So here we go. A cab doesn't include yes, do. police dogs. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bandit mm-hmm. killed while attempting to apprehend a. Su- oh wait, sorry. Uh, no, that's actually no. He got shot by his owner. Um, <laughs> Bandit was shot ah. and killed while attempting to apprehend a double murder suspect. Uh, okay, but here we go. What about? Um, wait, shot and killed by the police? Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. So here we go. Here's another brave oh, canine God. defender. Uh, this canine defender was shot and killed by a handler after being mistaken for a coyote. <laughs> So a cop but, shot his own dog because he but, thought it was a coyote. Right. But that's okay, though. Here's another hero dog died in the line of duty. Uh, champ. Another champ. Oh. Oh. So, uh, so Champ uh, was accidentally shot and killed by his handler while defending himself <laughs> against a uh, pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, they, they were on a call. The pit bull emerged from a house and the dogs got in a fight. And, and they, the cop shot the cop dog. <laughs> shot both dogs. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> What? Canine Vero, this okay. brave story of a dog <laughs> who was shot in line of duty, uh, was shot and killed after biting a sheriff deputy. <laughs> it's okay, though. Here's a good story. Okay, okay. Here's a good story about Trax. Uh, Trax was accidentally shot and killed by his handler <laughs> after three pit bulls attacked and killed the dog. So, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Think about what I said. Canine Trax was actually shot and killed by his handler after three pit bulls attacked and killed the dog. What? So he shot the dog after dogs killed the dog. The dog was dead. <laughs> <laughs> this dog had already okay. been mauled okay. by other All dogs. Right. <laughs> let me let me point this out to the listener. Nate brings this up because cops kill so many dogs a year that it's actually it's now been classified as an epidemic. They kill 25 to 30 yes. dogs a day. A day. Yes, a day. <laughs> yep. Okay. So if you needed any more reason to hate fucking cops, all of them. Cops co- cops kill dogs. Look, I they kill them. They kill, I love they don't even care. I love they pooping a dog snoot like anybody's like everybody else. But when we say all cops are yurks, we include the police dogs as well. Do we include Canine Carson who was accidentally shot and killed in a friendly fire accident? Yeah, uh, I say officer down. Whoa! <laughs> friendly fire accident I, I while searching a church. <laughs> they shot the dog oh, in no. a church. <laughs> It was St. Yeah, Anne's Crisis Center. 
No, they oh, killed God. Champ. <laughs> Champ. <No. laughs> uh, about, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I. I have a whole list of these. Count, Jesus, there's so I many. Don't, I don't know if I. I don't. I don't know if I count if I if I count police dogs, and that's just because uh, they don't really have a choice in the matter. No, just they, yeah. like, up I, I want to bet that Canine Uzi did not have a choice when he was accidentally shot and killed in Crossfire at a hospital. Mount yeah. <laughs> Hospital, Miami. And, you know, one of the that, <laughs> and one of the things that also fucking gets me, and, I, and I'll, I'll put this out there, is when they use dogs in war zones. That really fucking yeah. pisses yeah. me off too. No, like, sorry. <laughs> trash. All I mean, like, and also, just like so dogs are, are used in tools in that way, have, are just like wild, desperate animals that will just attack anything. Mm-hmm. They're not there to judge the situation; they're there to bite. Yes, they bite the closest thing, whether that is, uh, you know, somebody trying to run away, an innocent or guilty person, uh, the cop themselves. Yep. <laughs> Like, they just bite. And, like, that's not a good tool for police work. Right? right? An indiscriminate weapon? Yes. <laughs> Might as well just yeah. throw a grenade. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, mm. I bet you they would if they could. They would if they could. Oh, I'm sure some do. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Animal facts. Cop dog facts. Cop, cop, dog, cop dog facts. Cops um, love killing dogs. Yeah. Not mm. Champ, though. Champ's a good not boy. Not Champ. No, um, Champ's... Uh, so, yeah, Tobias Morse Champ takes Lauren back mm-hmm. home. Lauren's just like, oh, he's such a good boy, and like, oh, you know, God. kisses yeah. and snoot. So Lauren steps on Tobias's oh, foot, yeah. and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I bet those guys really scared you, huh? And she rubs champs. Like, Tobias, is, Tobias even says that he couldn't believe he's feeling his mother's love right now. Yeah, and it's yeah, such and a- Her affection, her, her physical affection. It's so but heartbreaking. It's, it's so distant, too. Like, he's not. He's not. Right, Champ is. Champ is like he's not re- on the receiving end of the love and affection. The thing that he has acknowledged he's wanted the most in his life mm-hmm. is the affection of his mother mm-hmm. or of just family in general. Right, he's getting it, but not through the way that he wants. Vicarious, yeah. right? Yeah, vicarious. It, it, it's like I heard a story of a friend, and I'm not going to say who for obvious reasons. You'll find out why. A friend <laughs> whose first experience, uh, you know, having sex was with a prostitute, mm-hmm. and he was like. I realized how how wrong that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Is that it was disconnected. It was emotionless experience. It wasn't like, you know, the way I wanted to not be a virgin anymore, right? right? This kind of feels mm-hmm. like that. And He's getting the love and affection of his mother, but it's so emotionally distant because, you know, it's just he. The, this mother cares for everyone. Yeah. And, and please, <laughs> yeah, but let me, hold let on, me, hold on, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh, God. please. Let's use the right language. They're whores, not prostitutes. <laughs> sex workers. <laughs> They're sex workers. It is a job. <laughs> yes. That's that's it. No, I just wanted to make the joke. But yeah, no, I yeah, it's, no, like, it's like it's like so, being John Malkovich, yeah. right? <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he says. So he says, Yeah, so for the first time in my memory, my mother was touching me, and it was just as I'd always imagined. Okay, so I never imagined I'd be covered in fur, puffing dog breath in her face. And the 7-Eleven wasn't part of the deal either. In my fantasy, it was always nighttime, and she was tucking me into my race car bed. Yeah, I always wanted one of those red plastic race car beds. Seriously, I'm cool. I know she. You're wrong. He's not. He's wrong. Those are cool. Those are. I want one now as an adult. I think I think he's just afraid of like seeming uncool to people who would probably have made fun of him. Sure. But yeah, so he says, 
But, but I always imagined her holding my face in her hands, just like she was doing now. And then, in my imagination, she'd pull me close and kiss my nose, which is exactly what she did. Lauren pulled my face to hers and planted a soft kiss on the tip of my rough black nose. My dog body trembled, a soft whine bubbled up in my throat. Those guys really shook you up, didn't they, boy? She hugged my neck. It's okay now, they're gone. It's like, if he's been fucking bullied mm. his whole goddamn life, mm-hmm. this is exactly what, what a mother would say. Did those guys really shook you up, didn't they? It's okay, they're gone. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Those yurks, they really yeah. shook you up. It's yeah. okay. All those now. kids at school, I, all those yurks, everybody really shook you up. I barely breathed. My mother was reassuring me, loving me. Yeah, I know she wasn't really loving me. She was loving the guide dog, but I was the one standing there. I pushed all thoughts of the real champ to the back of my mind, and I just let her. Well, here's the weird thing. Is this a blessing? Oh, sorry. I didn't, mean, what? I didn't mean to jump on you, but like, oh, uh, no, go ahead. Like, is this a blessing that he was a dog? Because yes. if he was Tobias, would he be yes. able to accept this? No, no, because this is this is this is a ch- the, the, for, for example, for, for one thing. This is the kind of affection that you would expect to receive as a small child. You usually don't get this kind of affection as a teenager. So, I mean, like, could t- Tobias, as a child, could have gotten it. So it's sort of like he's getting to have a moment in his life that he misses a child he got to have you know step definitely apparently something that he missed because he fantasized about it for so for so long apparently and and now he gets to have that moment that fantasy moment that that missed milestone of having maternal affection like he gets to have that so he doesn't that was that's the vicarious way that, 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 that he's able to get it but he does receive it and then I think we can extrapolate. Actually, no, I should probably leave that alone. But I'll just say that there are some things that happen later, later in the book that indicate that had to, to Tobias, that had he been a child raised in her care, that that's exactly the way he would have been raised. And I think that um, that, that that realization uh, that we kind of get get towards the end. Uh, validates this experience so that it isn't, it isn't vicarious because it's the affection that he would have gotten as a, as a child had Lauren been uh, been able to care. It's another little heartbreaking thing that these books do so well. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, it's also, it's a win, though. It is a win, but it's like, I mean, it's like the, the asterisk, asterisk next to the home run number. It's like, yeah, it counts. Well, I mean, like, it, it validates him feeling so in pained and brooding yeah. yes. uh, and in and emotional throughout this this whole experience of his because oh yeah no he was missing out mm-hmm. yeah right he really was. He was yeah um so tobias like uh, uh Morf, Tobi- Mor- yeah Tobi- tobias morph's champs leads her back home lets her do her night routine she goes to sleep he spends all night searching her house for any sort of proof, yeah, finds the, he he f- right gets the document yeah he finds yeah. the document that said she had total amnesia and that she was wounded in a car accident. So it's like, oh, that's why she never came, never came and visited me. That's fine. Right. 
And fuck that insurance company. You can't prove that you have amnesia. There are absolutely ways that you can prove to have amnesia. People are diagnosed with amnesia no, all the fucking time. Not a pre-existing condition. Yeah, it's, it's a pre. It's it's pre-existing. We can't cover it. Like insurance sucks. Fuck insurance. Fuck it all. She well, she apparently had the insurance beforehand, though. I think eh, it doesn't matter. Because they're saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. They pay her the money. Yeah, they, they're, they're like, sorry, you're done. She wakes up in the morning. Tobias has made her a cup of coffee, and she's like, "Who's there?" And he, and right. he's like, "It's me, your son, Tobias." And she's like, "Oh, I heard I had a son." <laughs> uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, right." Yeah, and she's like, "I I wanted to know, like, I wondered if you'd ever find me." I stared at her. You remember me? You know who? No, she shook her head. Not the way you think. I know I have a son. I know his name is Tobias, but that's all I know. They brought a little boy to me after the accident, a baby, really. They told me he was mine. I didn't remember him. I wanted to. I tried to, but I didn't. I didn't remember anything of my life before the accident. And she goes on to explain that they had to teach her how to eat. They had to teach her how to brush her teeth. Like, she was... Her brain was completely gone. Physical therapy. Everything was gone. Wiped. Just completely wiped. Polished. And he kind of starts to understand. It's like, oh, God. So, yeah. So, my mother's brain was fucked. She says, look... I think I know why you're here. You think I abandoned you, and I guess in a way I did. But I couldn't raise a little boy alone. I was blind, permanently, facing years of physical therapy. You needed someone who could take care of you. Someone who at least remembered you. I needed a mother. My voice echoed through the kitchen. I wanted to catch it and pull it back to my throat, but it was too late. It was already out there, hanging. When I lost my memory, she said, I didn't just forget the people I'd known or the things I'd done. I'd lost things that were much more basic, like brushing my teeth. And it's like, he sort of says, okay, if you want your dog back, you have to hang out here for two days. Well, not just if you want your dog back. If if you want to know the truth behind how you've been feeling. Yes. Right. Uh, she mentions that, like, she, she, she mentioned that she remembered aliens yes. and, like, the doctors were rightfully concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and right. Um, she specific, uh, and this is where, like, I kind of wanted the book to explore a bit more. Yes. Tobias says, like, do you remember a blue alien? Yeah, do you remember the blue flash? Right. Um, and she's like, I'll see you in two days. <laughs> yeah. Like, which tells me, like, oh, she remembers Elfangor. Yeah. Yeah, she remembers something. Oh, she does. Right. It, yeah. And like, but the Elemis is, yeah, the Elemis is a rat bastard. <laughs> God, I fucking hate it. Yeah. And, uh. and like, I, I kind of, like, I hate this book for this reason, but it's like, Tell me more. <laughs> like, right. This seems interesting. Explore seems, the mother right? and son. Ex- yeah. Like, you know, hey, like. Nope, this is a Jake book. Yep. This is a Jake book. Right. Yeah. So then then we get the two-day stakeout where a bunch of nothing happens, but we learn Lauren's probably not a controller. They do a, yeah. like. They go to the hork Bajur Valley after that. Like, yeah. get a, a slice of life there, which is kind of fun. It's fun, but it doesn't, like, yeah. it totally stops the momentum of the book. Oh, Rachel's mom is writing a Hork Bajur Constitution. Isn't that wacky? Yeah, it's wacky, but it could have been later. I I see where this writer is going, where it's like, let's look at some happy families. Yes. And let's look at an actively, like a a healthy community. Yes. Right? I don't think it works. It does. I I think it breaks the the momentum and the emotional, like, trajectory. Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, but again, it is really funny that they're uh, trying to write uh, a constitution. So. Yes, she's like, we voted on a constitution, but they don't know how to sign it, so I have to teach them how to read. It's like, all right, that's kind of funny. Uh, Cassie's parent. Nobody is like nobody likes Cassie's parents because they're like vets trying to figure out all the stuff. Like it's fun, fine. Doesn't fit in this book. Doesn't really work. 
doesn't really matter. I, I, I'm okay with it. It's just, yeah, I'd rather see other like, scenes. Yes. So, And I like, I have to say, oh yeah, I like, oh, maybe we're about to touch on it, but I like Jake's confrontation with Divine. Jake nodded. And so will the Yurks if she's not a controller. They'll figure it out. They'll be waiting for you. You have to walk away, Tobias. Forget her. Tobias' line. Like you've forgotten your parents and Tom, you froze. You haven't forgotten your family, Jake. No matter what you say, and I can't forget mine, I'm getting her out. It, it shows how little regard Jake has for Tobias. Yes, absolutely. At all. Yeah. Right. And like you could say, like, oh, it's because he cares so much about his family that he's not thinking about other people, I suppose. But he didn't think about this at the beginning either. Yeah, and he no. and Jake made every effort to get his family back, even though he knew. Well, he we can't say if he knew or not, but it would he should have put together that his family was taken. Yeah, like, and he does. I mean, like he says that he should have known. He 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 checks that box with with Axe when Axe says like, "Oh, you couldn't have known," and he says, "No, I should have known." And here. Tobias is, or not Tobias, Jake is fighting Tobias on this. He's like, well, I can't, I'm getting her out. How? You said it yourself. She's blind. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, right? Yeah. She's blind. Yeah. How can you get, how can you get a blind person out while the Yorks are watching? Right. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Fuck you. You, you had Tom living in your house that whole goddamn time. The Yorks were watching your family like a fucking hawk. And you're like, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> and... And so, and so now, and so now when it comes down to this, I'm like, look, Jake, maybe you're pissed off about like the failure that you recently had. So you want everybody to be, everybody to be as miserable as you, or you want, you want at least Tobias to be as miserable as you are. So, because you always had that, but like, oh, at least I'm not as bad off as Tobias. Right. And if, and if it's Tobias, if, if Tobias ends up having like a better life than me, like, well, then what does that say about me? How fucked up is my <laughs> life? Because everybody's always been able I mean, Rachel sure, sure as hell has taken care not to, but it's, it seems like at least at some point, everybody has taken the shit on Tobias. For his, and for his and honestly, he's tired of taking shit, so he goes and gets his mom back. Yeah, it's like, and it's I'm like this. Fucking, I'm, I'm here for yeah, it. it's like, what if a poor person gets a nicer car than you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you well, mean? Like, they can't wear, what's uh, a fancy clothes? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Adidas. Yeah. Nike they or, can't drink life water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Voss. Yeah, Voss. Yeah, Voss. Oh, yeah, like they can't drink Voss water. They're poor. Yeah. It's it's like they yeah. can have a Tobias can have a good life. Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> it's yeah, and it's it's the same thing like with with food stamps. Like oh, you're on food stamps, but like you're eating nice crackers. Like right, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're eating, it's like you're eating. Rich. How how can this person be homeless when they have a cell phone? It's like motherfucker, shut the fuck up. And I'm not saying that's what Jake is doing, but the vibes are there. Yes, it's that's the vibes are definitely yeah. there. And so I I mean. Jake is jealous. Jake is and jealous. Jake finally like to buy like to buy been jealous. Yeah. And Jake acquiesces. He says, "Fine, take Rachel." So they they go take Rachel. They do a dog swap. Yeah. They <laughs> got yourself a dog swap. They head back to Lauren's house. It's like it's a show. It's like it's like <laughs> wife swap. <laughs> well, no, it's supposed to be like a um. What's the ice Iceman yeah. and the snowman like the the spy thriller. Insert spy thriller here. Yeah, I spy. I don't know. No, okay, it doesn't okay. matter. Like it has X versus Sever. 
has the spy movie vibes where it's like he walks into a, a ballistic X versus sever and they do a dog swap. <laughs> yeah. It's like exchanging suitcases. Yes. Like uh, again, like right. again, this book is too full. You don't need to add this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they get back to Lauren's house and they hear Rachel and thought speaks to him. We need to get the fuck out of here. Yurks are coming. You're being surrounded. Yes. She says, Rachel says the word fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's that's very. But uh, so Tobias comes up with a brilliant plan. He says, oh, "Touch this box." He like pulls out the blue. I like I, I kind of gave like a fist pump. When yeah, I saw they brought like the morphing cube. Yeah, like right? this. This that. is fucking cool because Tobias finally takes the power that he's always had inside himself, and he makes choices and changes mm-hmm. things. So he makes Lauren touch yeah. the blue box. Then he makes her acquire him. Right. And mm-hmm. Rachel's like Loved busting it. in. She's like, really got to go. Really got to go. And Tobias takes the care and the effort to coach his mom into morphing. Like, right. It's a beautiful little scene where Tobias gets her to morph and they're flying. But who comes back? Who's back? Dun, dun, Guess who's dun. back? Grandma's back. Back again. Grandma. In a fucking hind D. A hind D. Colonel, what's a Russian gunship doing here? A Russian gunship helicopter. Well, it's not a Heindy. You just wanted to make the joke. It's uh, if I if any if there's a helicopter mentioned anywhere in media and books, it's a Heindy. It it's probably actually a Black Hawk. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's probably like a news van. Like, let's be real. Right. (laughs) Doesn't matter. But grandma's got an attack helicopter. And she's just like flying around, shooting and laughing. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get some lines. Taking her blood pressure medicine. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love that. It's. Yeah, she's like. Oh, time for my Metamucil. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get back to bridge. Let's wrap this up. The the pilot leaned from the helicopter. It was the granny controller. She raised her Dracon beam. The shot seared past my wings, blasted a crater in the alley. Chunks of asphalt like shrapnel pummeled my feathers. I reeled. Lauren spun. Granny controller aimed again. So she is blasting at them when Tobias does the Tobias move. He decides to go one-on-one via helicopter. He has air superiority and he knows it. Yeah, he spent more time flying being an asshole. And he knows one thing about Yerks. They're fucking full of themselves. He's like, what? You can't even hit a small bird? What kind of controller are you? And she's like, why you little? Like, it- Let me put on my reading glasses <laughs> and then we'll... Yeah, she she throws the bifocals on and like guns for him. Lauren doesn't really understand that Tobias is drawing the fire to wreck the helicopter because Lauren... Right. Lauren's starting to see her little baby. She sees her baby boy. Yeah. And right. she does the thing that Tobias wanted. She jumps in the way of the fucking Dracon beam fire and gets blasted price cut poly like, style. Yeah, it's just like all the other moms who put themselves in harm's way. He has a mom now too, god damn it. <laughs> yes. and, now, and it's important that he has proof. Yes. Like he, he needs he has proof. The best mom. Yes. He needs proof because he's been tricked before. He even mentions the the uh, book where uh, Visser 3 pretended to be his like, long lost aunt. Uh-huh. Which again, yeah. oh yeah, perfect move from Mister Three. Had, I love the yeah. man. He's go so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like he cried in the stairwell at the end, and I'm like, oh, right. But like, he needs he yeah. needs proof of love now. Yes, yes right. Absolutely. And like, he was like pining for this entire book, and he finally gets it. Yes. 
uh, you know, in the most stereotypical movie way, where it's just like, you know, pushes Tobias out of the way of a, a Dracon beam, even though... And it's not clear the way it's written, right. even though I think Tobias had a handle on the situation. Yeah, I think Tobi- <laughs> Tobias, did. like he says, I'm getting her closer. I'm getting closer just a little bit more. Her face twisted into a maniacal grin. She shouted something. The words swallowed by the drone of the blades waved the Dracon beam over her head. I spiraled, shot toward the towering hillcrest sign. The helicopter rolled, turned, jetted after me. I wheeled back in a tight spin. Granny stayed with me, kept the nose of the chopper on me. I banked. I was in the middle of open parking lot, nowhere to hide. So it's like he pulled her to where he wanted her, and then Lauren flies in and takes the shot. He gets his proof that she loves him. Yeah. I wanted. And the helicopter did what Tobias thought he, it would do. Mm-hmm. Its blades hit the sign and it fucking explodes. Grandma escapes. They make sure to point that out. Good. You cannot kill a beautiful character like with their introduction. Like she's perfect. She'll come back, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. She's very important in the end game of Animorphs. Yeah. Okay. Gran- good. Grandma yeah. controller. Yeah. yeah number one. That. Uh, that's when Tobias coaches her back into morphing human. She gets her no. eyes back. They go home. Well, it also, like, I remember, like, too, like, w- when she was dying as a hawk, mm-hmm. she's, she was just accepting death, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and again, important because she needed to take that risk for Tobias. Yes. It's important that she thought she was dying. Yeah. Um, but she didn't want to morph back because she's like, I'll lose my sight. Yeah. Right? She didn't actually get that, you know, she'll heal. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, like, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, she was fine with dying. She doesn't want to go back to her old life. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, it, it was important that, that those stakes exist. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's I point that out. That, no, no, that's a great thing to point out. Oh, it's lovely. So I they love fly it. home Wonderful. and we get this kind of, I'd say half great chapter and half awful last, last, last chapter because mm-hmm. we get to see the Lauren. The hork Valley. Right? Yes, they're, the hork Valley. The, the hork The family's the, there. All the families are playing. They're, they're, they're having a good time. Yeah, Cassie's playing with her parents. Marco's playing with his parents. Chili Pop made some chili for everybody. It's yeah, great. It's Rachel's having a good time with her family. And Lauren's playing with mm-hmm. Champ. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, it's like, yeah, you're, you get your mom back, but she loves the dog. Well, I mean, it, it's more of like, it should, it shouldn't be immediately like they, they're back to a normal family. <laughs> right. right. No, it's, it's, they're both strangers to each other. <laughs> yes. No, I, my, my point, like, I don't want it to be like, they're all happy love. I'm saying it's a beautiful little heartbreak because the chapter before this is like, no, I can't risk lose, losing you, whatever. And this chapter, it's like. Yeah, we're we're just the two people on yeah. the back of the bus sitting together. Like, I guess I guess we know I guess we know each other. We're like, important to each other. But, but also, like, it's camaraderie in that confusion. Yes, right. Like now, he he's not just the oh, lone sure. the lone freak of nature. Mm-hmm. He has another freak of nature with him. Yes, which is yeah. the uh, the Nijak. Uh, yeah, amnesia. Yeah, my mom's a freak of nature too. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> yeah. She, she, my mom fucked an alien. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, and, and I came out, and now we're both weird. Now we're and both. Like, I think there's some like you know, th- there is a family there. If yes. it is not like you know Cassie's family, oh, sure. and it's like it's not a happy ending. Is not like you even the happiest ending for animorphs. It's still like oh, this is a stranger now, right? But it's uh, but it's a, but it's it's a satisfactory ending. It didn't leave me. It didn't leave me sad. It left me hopeful. Yeah, sure. it left me yeah for sure. But like, here's the worst part. And here's why I kind of, well, it's one of many reasons why I'm disappointed in this book is that Tobias doesn't get the last line. Yeah. Tobias's arc uh, does not, uh, yeah. like the, the end of this arc is not about Tobias. It's, it's about Jake. Yes. 
like the last line we have to read it we must serve the jake we have to serve them. They're, they're still alive, I said. We can still save them. Can we? He picked at the splintered edge of the picnic table. What do you think's going to happen to Tom now that Visser One knows he's been living with an Andalite bandit all this time? How much do you think his life is worth? A lot. That's just it, Jake. Visser One needs him. Needs your parents. Now more than ever. He needs them so he can find us. He needs them to draw us out. As long as we keep fighting, Visser One will keep them alive. Ugh. It would... So it's about Jake and Jake's yes. parents. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like, the, like the ending of these books cement and like, you know, that's the purpose of an ending, right? right. Like they, they cement into me. Like, what was this book about? Mm-hmm. The book's about Jake, everybody. Well, hey. <laughs> the book's about Jake. Yeah. I mean, like, but like it yeah. isn't though. Like I, I, I get enough good things about Tobias from this book to mm-hmm. not, like, not like say, I hate this book. Right. Um, oh, but sure. it's been co-opted. Say like uh, it's, this book is a controller for Yake. Uh, Yake. <laughs> Yake. <laughs> Yerk Jake has taken over. Uh, well, it's just like it, but that's it's the, a hybrid. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. It's, it's this book does a disservice because it's the last Tobias book and it does not center Tobias as much as it should have. And, and here's the thing. Um I there's a there's a couple of things that that, that are going around in, 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 in my mind here because I don't know exactly when what, when, what happened when? But like, I remember back in the original days of reading Animorphs. Tyler, you, you read Animorphs to, like as they were coming out, Correct. right? Like, yes. Yes. Like a, so did you read the, the website and the forums and stuff like that where Kathy Apples, she had like this rapport with like, you could ask questions and she would respond. And like, you can still find some of the, uh, the, old, the old forum stuff. Did you ever, did you ever mm-hmm. read, read No, I that? was far too into EverQuest to read forums. How dare you? Okay. So, so here's what, so here's what, here's what was what I thought was interesting is that, um, uh, and I don't know, I, for, I forget exactly when uh, this happened, but I think it was either just before or just after this Tobias book. So Tobias uh, really only gets the books that ends that that end with mm-hmm. three. That likes, and it really left a lot of people feeling as though he was just kind of a throwaway character. So. What happened was, like in the forums, like people asked, like, "Is he going to be in the, in the, in the regular rotation?" And she responded, and she said, uh, "Well, when we first started, when I first started writing Tobias, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't know that people were going to connect with him so much." It's like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how many of you guys were loner losers who <laughs> could identify with Tobias. <laughs> so. So then, so so she's so she said we didn't know how many. So it was so he wasn't in the regular rotation. Same kind of same deal with Axe, basically. And so now, after uh, she said after a certain book, and I forget which book number it, it was, that he was, or that after this book, that he was supposed to be in the regular rotation. So that left me think because I didn't I didn't remember that until years down the pike until actually I started listening to your guys' podcast and thinking about all this stuff. And I went back to some of the old forums and I was reminded, oh, yeah, she did say that. So she didn't, I don't think she knew at the moment that she was writing that, that she was going to end the series uh, as abruptly as she was, as she was going to. And then like at a certain point, she said, oh, shit, yeah, no, we're, we're ending the series. And this ended up being the last Tobias book, but had, had it gone on because this is book what? Uh, this is 59. Uh, this, this is 49, oh, 49 and the book ends at 54. Yeah. 49. The book ends at 54. So, uh, 
that means that the last Tobias book should technically have been 53. Yeah. But, but we, but that's not so. Um, and, but so, and this is the first one that I, that breaks that, that order. This is the first, the first time because he had book, what? 40, 43. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. He did. He had three, 13, 23, 33, 43, or not 43. Sorry. 43. So 43. I don't No, He should have had 40. He should have had 43. And he, and so then, this is the first time he was put into the regular cycle was in book 49. And then after that, he's, he, then it just doesn't matter anymore because we end the series. Quickly. Yes. And so that's what, so that's what I, that's what I noticed. Like, okay, so we got like one with her saying, okay, we're going to finally elevate Tobias and put him in the regular cycle again. And also, by the way, now we're ending the series after, you know, in five seconds. Mm, after yeah. All, so. And we're going to make his last yeah. book, a Jake book. His, his last book, the Jake book, where where it centers, where where the the the, the contrast for, for for Tobias, his emotional focus, is on comparing himself with Jake, and on so we get these nice scenes, the, the nice scene with Cassie and her family. We get the scene with Rachel and her family. We get a long ass scene in emotional development for Jake and his family, but it's Tobias seeing himself through the lens of everybody else, comparing himself to everybody else, and. Tobias is basically dethroned because we, we we see him responding to other people and and their situations as opposed to you know we do have some some measure of self reflection but it's all all through this like it's all it's all like comparatively I don't yeah I don't it, know. it's disappointing it's I'm like right. it's like Nate said it's disappointing yeah. he doesn't own his own book. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, he, he, he goes along with it. He's an observer of his own life, yeah. which again, like f- kind of fits yeah. for Tobias a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it's a disappointing because, but not to this extent, no, and, like maybe at the beginning that would fly, but like, you know, th- this is later on, he's gotten past mm-hmm. some issues, right? Yes. He has had character development. Yes. A lot. And with this being uh, mm-hmm. a major conclusion in, in his character development of like, you know, having family, mm-hmm. You you think that he would to be taking ownership on some things, but I, I the thing that bothers me is like it reads as a Jake book, it feels like a Jake book. Jake books yes. are usually yep. plot driven, mm-hmm. like it's like we need to talk about Cryak, uh-huh. we can right. throw Jake into it. Mm-hmm. We need to move along the war. Jake is the one that moves along a war, and mm-hmm. so like knowing what Jake makes dumb decisions right. that we know are wrong, <laughs> and like just like we do. And Jake now that I know <laughs> that there are two more Jake books ahead, mm-hmm. Jake gets a double dip. Later on, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh man, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Tobias, Tobias deserved better, I think. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, here's the, here's mm-hmm. the thing. I so we get two more Jake books. What's the, what's the last Jake? The last book? Jake book's the Cobra, or not the Cobra, the Snake, the the, the big one that people know that Jake made a famous decision in. Oh, I'm trying not. <laughs> well, it's like it's infamous in the Animorphs fandom. Oh, sure, I sure. don't want to say what it is. Much like Tobias's life, I wish he had more time. <laughs> yeah, no, like I would say in this but in so, this book, there's enough little beautiful things that I still am happy to have revisited in a deeper, like critical oh, critical look. But they they really did our boy dirty. I'm, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's the same. It's the same, it's the same thing for me. Yeah. And I, oh god, because I really, um, I mean, I don't think that. This really comes through. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna discover this, Nate. This okay. really comes through in uh, in later books, but you see it in this book, and I think we saw it in 
probably no we, in rachel's book it's it's fine but we definitely saw this in uh what was it uh 48 the civil war one mm-hmm. and in this book i don't feel i'm just gonna put this out there you tell me right or wrong what your opinion is i don't feel that the characters are being treated respectfully by the author yeah, yeah, they're they're backseat drivers in the Cryac car at this point, I mm-hmm. think, and in the in the Cryac yeah. car, <laughs> a Cryac slur, Chrysler, and the thing, is, yeah. Christine, but that's, but that's but that's the thing, and I think that, that we're seeing that half, we're gonna see that happen. I think we we've been seeing that 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 happen, especially with this, because what happened in book forty eight was a rush in character development of stuff that that wasn't supposed to happen, yet all of a sudden. We need we need Jake to have his shit together, mm-hmm. and now I mean, like that was that's kind of I mean, although he doesn't, but yeah. Well, it, and then the, the same kind of thing here. I feel like the characters aren't being treated respectfully. I don't think that I don't think that Jake is being treated respectfully here. I don't think that uh, Tobias is being treated respectfully here. I don't. I see everybody else is really kind of ancillary as Jake takes kind of like a more. Uh, a, a more prominent role, which is fine, but the thing of it is, is that he you don't have the character development to back that up quite yet, and it's noticeable to me. And that's, I think that's just, I think that's just um, the fault of it being a bit of a bit of a, I wouldn't say a rush job, but they're trying to rush the plot the plot along too quickly. Well, and the pri- the priorities always seem off to me. Like you know, I, I care about more about yeah. the characters and less about the war. Yeah, and. You know, like right. this is a good chance to talk about the characters because the, every character relating mm-hmm. to their family, coming out to their family as an animorph, mm-hmm. right? Like that could that could right, have just so been got, the conflict so is like talking to your parents about being right. an animorph. We don't need the granny and the blood bank, right? Um, but right. like, so yeah, that's excellent. So we've got we've gone through the whole book already. We we just basically summarized the whole thing. What is the post mortem on this book? Obviously, I like it. Uh. I, I, it, but there are, there are scenes you could get rid of. Uh, I will yeah, don't, reiterate, don't serve purposes. There are scenes that, that, that I can get rid of, that, that you can get rid of there. And there are things that I will say, uh, or reiterate my, my criticism at the beginning of this or near the beginning of this podcast, that there are some structural issues yes. with this book in terms of plotting. And in terms of, and, and that's the thing you pointed out, Nate, that you, that you're here for, you don't care about the war. True. You care about the character development that you get through the lens of the world, which is absolutely spot on. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Here's the, here's the problem. Not with your, your viewpoint, because I'm also here for the, for the character development too. It's just that the character development is not being done in, I, I would, I'll go back to the word I've been using, a respectful manner. I don't think that this is the way these characters are, would, would normally develop. I think it's a bit of a rush job that I'm starting to see. Here. It feels rushed. Well, first, I will say. And I think the tagline yeah, really it's, betrays it's, it. This war can't go on forever. <laughs> no, it can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, they, what, what they really mean, what they really, well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that is a very pre- 2001. <laughs> um, Turns out next week, yeah, go on wars uh, t- can hey, go on forever, hey, y'all. You didn't know. Guess what? Yeah, you didn't know it, but they can't. I mean, like, yeah, in 2001, I had no idea that the Iraq war, because we started in Afghanistan, the next day we were in Iraq, and we were there for like, like we went there in 
I want to say 2003, but it started really before then. 2003 was Iraq. Mm-hmm. We started that. And for the next, uh, like, when did Biden pull out? Just like last year. Yeah. So 2000, 2021. So for the last, let's see, 21, uh, 2019, 18. So for the last, so an 18 year long fucking war in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Because we technically ended the Iraq war, but there was still the insurgency, all that bullshit. And, and so wars do go on forever. What you really mean, <laughs> this war can't go on forever. You mean this book series <laughs> yeah. can't go on forever. My hand's getting tired, guys. I'm... <laughs> yeah, What's it's that? like, you, so you it's try like, making yeah. up new aliens every book. I Look, yeah, <laughs> sure, the Garatron just looks like an Andalite but runs fast, but it's new. Well, they're, they're so, they're so <laughs> close... <laughs> To like making the landing. Yeah. Because like character arcs have yeah. concluded, like, you know, things have happened in a way that have been satisfactory, yeah. that like, you know, have been respectful, right? Like, like the I, Marco book. That is, that is, the Mar- when Marco yeah, came out to his parents and revealed he was an animorph, that was done that very was, well. That was good. That landed just right. Yeah. Like, even Rachel, to a certain extent, I think had a good sort of like softer landing mm-hmm. than what Tobias is getting. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias got mm-hmm. thrown at his mother and said, go love each other. Yeah. <laughs> And like whatever, right. it's good, it's technically a good ending, but also just like you know, hey, <laughs> yeah, there there could have been some more to this. What are you, they thinking when they do that? <laughs> and here's the thing. yeah, so they, you're you're absolutely right. And the thing of it is, is you're gonna see that you're gonna see that happen more and more. Yeah. So I'm warning okay. you, it's because we've because because we, we've seen this we've seen this progression happening already, where characterization we're throwing that out the window. That last Rachel book, I mean, I I haven't heard, I haven't listened to the, I didn't have a chance to listen to the last podcast yet, but I I read the last Rachel book, because I, I go back to it a lot. It's it's a and fantastic book. Spoiler the, alert for the episode: we loved a, it. It's a, it's a good ending, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a good it's a great it's a great ending. You get so much of uh rachel's own internal monologue with it you end you, you get see her release. character development with you get it emotional release Everything, you get, and and this book doesn't you have get emotional release because this any this of that. book doesn't have an no, emotional release no book. there's no release in this book no because no it's because it's because tobias is um is, is treated like a throw throwaway character in his own book and i'm sad to say it but i think that when you when you get to book 53 you're gonna find the same kind of thing happen. No. <laughs> uh, we we will get to that. And, yeah. No, I'm not gonna say anything anything more about it. I'm just I'm just so on. Uh, I'm so in the weeds with Tobias and, and this book because you're right. It's something that when I was first reading it, I loved it. But I'm just like, I did remember wanting to skip past the Jake parts because I wanted to hear what Tobias had yeah. to say. And I wanted to get like my favorite character, Tobias. It's and so it's a disservice, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's that's it's good. It's good. What it's good for what exactly. it is. Exactly. Now, Yehuda, tell yeah. the people where they can find you. Yes. Not uh, not like your address, like on Twitter. So they can oh. get you. Oh, yeah. on Twitter. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blow oh, okay. this popsicle stand. We're gonna get the hell out of here. Okay. So I'm at M2 Yehuda on um, Twitter. So that's um, capital M, the letter two, um, capital Y. Um, E H U D A at uh on Twitter. Yeah. At Twitter.com. Yeah, give give Yehuda a follow. Yehuda's a good dude. I'm very happy to have met Yehuda. He's got um, a brilliant little singing voice. You want, I, I uh, yeah, you do have a great singing voice. <laughs> and I, I, I would also say that it, very insightful, very good read of this book. 
Um, one thing about this book, though, yeah, I just, is that uh, that I'll say is that you know the blood bank actually is significant, right? Because uh, the blood was all over that blood bank, right? Mm-hmm. One might say blood was mm-hmm. on the doors of that blood bank, and so I think you should not pass over the diversion. Oh my god, <laughs> Nate! Yes, did, did I get that story right? You I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So the story of Passover is this. 